What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake Podcast. I am your host, Kai, and joining me again today is my co-host, Viz. How are you doing, Viz? I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm still working on the intermission video, but otherwise, it's all good and dandy. Also playing Trails of Cold Seal 2, and this is just... Mm. This is healing for the mind. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for asking. I've just been, you know, working and the weather's been really nice around here. I was on vacation last week, so I got to go and out and just, uh, you know, go for some long walks with my dog. And that was super enjoyable just to go into the wilderness and have a break, you know, from everything. Um, it, it was perfect. So sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And today I'm super excited because we have an extra special guest here with us today. It's Schrodinger's Baby Seal. Hi, guys. How are you today? <laughs> Still good. <laughs> How about you? Fun fact, I've been here this whole time. I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but I've been here. I'm doing good. Um, I, um, you know, just been uh, kind of working on some stuff in the background for SEAL Team 7, getting some guests mm-hmm. for the future, um, some fun and interesting guests. And um, and then also um, been playing Near Replicant. Uh, oh, I've seen that, yeah. 22. Two two whatever you know the square root of one point five and um, mm-hmm. it is uh, it's distractingly good and so I'm, <laughs> I might need to uh, take some breaks from that. Nice. I want to play that at some point as well, but right now it's still mm-hmm. Trails of Cold Steel two time. Honestly, Near is the only other um, like uh, fan like my the only other bit of um, you know. Uh, non-collegiate lore that i have as much expertise as i do as final fantasy 7 um and you know it's as somebody that um studied philosophy uh there's it's just so heavy with references to philosophy and mythology and just general Mm -hmm. history oh yes it's sort of hard to find like an infectious level of connection to that source material all the way back to the drakengard series so Definitely. Nier Automata is also rife with uh, philosophy <laughs> stuff. It's really good. I love it. Absolutely, yeah. And the way they all tie together, um, I mean, the, the icebergs of connections are, um, <laughs> yeah. It, it could, I could easily, I could easily just talk for eight <laughs> straight hours about uh, everything that that, uh, that Nier uh, accomplishes through its bizarre. It's bizarre mm-hmm. expressions all the way from, um, you know, obviously it's video games, but there's stage plays that you need to have watched to, that, that are lore important. Like, can you imagine right. if you had to like, <laughs> if you had to watch yeah. stage plays in order to understand Final Fantasy VII? That'd be nuts. Well, you have to for Nier. So, yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff that you look forward to with Nier. We might have to have watched Loveless or something for this yeah. next <laughs> That's a fair point, That's right? Fair From point. everything that we're uh, all the information that we're getting here, but uh, yeah, Tetsuya Nomura also wanted to uh, do a stage play for Final Fantasy Fifteen, mm-hmm. or turn this story into a stage play at some point, or at least had ideas. So wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibility. So exactly, 
Yeah, it was supposed to be a musical, I think, versus 13 at first, but then... Right, they, right, uh, yeah. <laughs> changed their minds. That's too bad. I, I think there's a, a lost, uh, lost potential there. All of mm-hmm. 13 is such a tragedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, whole, the whole versus 13 thing was, is really just... It's a tragedy, and uh, I recently just... Um, I beat Yazora on Kingdom Hearts 3. I finally went through that whole thing mm-hmm. and it just made me made me remember what that was like mm. and it was it was pretty fun so um yeah i i wish we they could if there's anything that i i want nomura to get like a real do-over on it's it's mm-hmm. versus 13 or just get vero yeah. brex going kind of <laughs> yeah exactly kind of like an homage to what should have been well, I mean, it seems like it's going that way. It seems like Verum Rex. I don't know. I I just wouldn't even be surprised if we saw Verum Rex in the in in uh, Neo: The World Ends with You. Uh, oh, right, could be as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's just the way that it seems like it's going. I mean, if there were any non Final Fantasy VII character that would show up in Final Fantasy VII at this point, I'd say it's Yuzora. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Do not quote me as saying that happens, <laughs> unless it happens, in which case I totally said that copyright Schrodinger's baby seal. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see, I guess, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at that at this point. All right, guys. So the best way to support us here on the podcast is to like, sub, and share the podcast. Hop on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already done so. And also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also, you guys, we are doing an incredible giveaway right now. So on our Twitter, we are giving away a digital deluxe edition copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake to one lucky listener. So here's what you have to do. So follow us on Twitter at Reunion underscore podcast. And then go ahead and retweet or quote tweet the original giveaway posting that's actually pinned to the top of our Twitter profile. And the winner will be drawn when Integrate releases on June the 10th. So be sure to check out our socials on June 10th for the announcement of the winner of that Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate Digital Deluxe Edition. So Viz, what's been going on over at Cosmo Canyon Observatory? Uh, Quite a lot, actually. So I I think... I don't quite remember the timing of the last episode's release and my own video releases, but I think the addendum to game analysis number 24 hasn't been out yet at that point. So it mm-hmm. is out now. I actually had it ready f- on the day the Integrate trailers dropped. So I had to postpone oh, that. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I re-recorded the, the, the intro and then just uploaded it. And it basically covers all the additional findings regarding Aerith and her shenanigans and what I didn't mm-hmm. discover before and some stuff of, uh, about Chadley, which we incidentally also talked about on uh, Baby Seal's uh, Seal Team 7 discussion I mm-hmm. had the honor to be a part of at uh, oh, a few weeks ago. I don't remember when it was exactly. Yeah. And there we talked about uh, Chadley from the future stuff. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and then on top of that, Pulse of the Livestream Episode 2 has been released, which tackles mm-hmm. the nuances of uh, upgrading to the PS5 version, because it's this, this is... You basically have to to start it and uh, get the professor's grade to... Right. 
uh, know what exactly is going on. You need on, a so. textbook, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we've got you covered. And some other news, of course, and some news from the community. It's it's a really good episode. So if you haven't watched it yet, please do. If Even mm -hmm. if you have watched or followed the news. And lastly, I'm currently uh, working on the intermission analysis. And I still need to, to cut it a little bit. A bit, little bit of post-editing, adding music, then it mm -hmm. should be good. By the time this episode releases, it might already be live on uh, Cosmo Canyon Observatory, so you probably just can go over and watch it if you haven't already. And it will mm -hmm. just cover the um, screenshots, some more information about Vice and the implications of his existence Ooh. there, <laughs> and uh, some more thoughts about those enigmatic lines we'll get to later in this episode here as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's about it. Well, I can't wait to, you know, see what you come up with for the intermission analysis. I'm super excited to, to see that. All right, guys. So today we will be talking about the recently released Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate Intermission Character Profiles that were released in a recent Famitsu uh, article. Also, Square Enix posted an article on their NA Press website. We'll be talking about the new gameplay elements. We will also be discussing new character reveals, what they may mean for the story of Intermission, and the subsequent parts of Final Fantasy VII Remake. We also got VA announcements for all the Intermission's voice cast, which was amazing, and we'll be uh, touching on that a little bit as well. But before we start our conversation about that, Baby Seal, I want you to uh, tell our listeners who you are and exactly what you do for those who may not know that. Um, thank you. So um, <clears throat> my main contribution to the fandom right now is probably SEAL Team 7, which is a platform conversation for content creators, specifically theory crafters and, and the mm -hmm. occasional just um, random content uh, creator uh, to come on and... Um, and we generally will, in, in sometimes spicy fashion, um, predict the uh, the future of Final Fantasy VII Remake because, you know, that's how uh, Remake was presented as this um, mystery chock full of mm -hmm. infinite potential. And, and so um, taking uh, the fandom's very, um, very wide array of takes on that and, um, you know, putting all of, uh, all of said takes creators into into one room together can come up with some fascinating com <laughs> combinations and conversations mm -hmm. uh, my very first episode had uh had had viz here on and uh it was it was very fun um mm -hmm. since then uh we've had um you know we've had various combinations of of mj gallagher sleep easy yeah uh ray kaufman came on and that was a that was a great episode blitz came on um, and then um, Final Fantasy Peasant, um, that was a, a huge episode, and, and that one went um, really wild, went for the, the absolute stars. Uh, and then just yesterday we had um, uh, Bioroxus, who, although he's known more for his Kingdom Hearts content, also does mm -hmm. uh, just about any, any Square, uh, Square game. He, uh, he covers it, and, and Remake is one of his, his favorite ones. And that conversation uh, had had less to do with the direction of the series and more to do with combat, and so that was a very very exciting conversation. Um, and then the other thing that I've got going is I've got um, a series of uh, of debunk videos that um, uh, I take uh, very popular. Um, I'll just call them um, 
uh, uh, poorly structured theories uh, <laughs> okay. that have, uh, have have populated the the infosphere and okay. uh, deconstruct them in small little um, small little bits. I'm uh, my my intro to the series uh, titled Tifa Dies Question Mark um, should be uh, should be releasing sometime next week. And uh, they're just little five-minute deconstructions. So um, those are always exciting. Um, really looking forward to those, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. The, there's, there's a ton of them. You know, like uh, anybody that's, uh, that's, that's explored the fandom will see some really, really insane <laughs> off-base off theories everywhere. Not just like... Sorry, yeah. for, ex for example, number two is Zach. <laughs> number two is zach is a very old theory and um, yeah you know it predates remake by quite some quite some measure. oh right i've and, heard about that too yeah. right right and and uh you know because there's it was a and you know we can talk about that at length later but uh, that's definitely going to be one of them um that's mm -hmm. definitely going to be one of them and um and so yeah that's that's kind of the gist of what i do and um I'm I'm excited for the future, and I've got some more, more other uh, secret community-based uh, plans coming up. I've got, um, and I've got some new fun guests for um, uh, Seal Team Seven coming up over the next few weeks, and I know that Viz is going to be in the mix for one of those nice. episodes. Nice, yes. Too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's absolutely incredible, and I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here today to uh, talk with us about Final Fantasy VII. Final oh, Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you and, and your content and your contribution to the Final Fantasy VII and VII Remake uh, community. It's just been great to watch you. And, you know, I, the thing that I love so much about this game is that not everything is just kind of spoon-fed to you, you know? There are questions, like this game asks more questions than it answers. And for me, like at the end when I was finished playing this game, I love the fact that I... Like I had so many questions and I wanted to find out information. So I went online and I was researching and trying to find, you know, other people that had this similar uh, thought process that I had or, you know, were asking the same questions about the ending of this game that I that I was asking. And uh, just to see, you know, you you have this platform and you're having these, you know, other members of the community, the content creator, uh, Final Fantasy VII community coming on and, and, you know, theory crafting and doing all of that. It's just so great, and you know it's providing so much content, and uh, you know it. I just love it so much, and I feel like it's such an engaging um, platform that you have. So I just want to say thank you so much for that. You're more than welcome, and thank you for being a <laughs> fan, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, I can only second what uh, Carlos has said. It's uh, it's really really valuable contribution to the fandom, and I'm also really humbled to be part of it mm -hmm. sometimes. Oh, you're always welcome, Vince. You know that. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, guys. So the first thing we're going to do today is we are going to break down this uh, press article from the Square Enix Press website here. We're going to talk a little bit more about intermission and intermission's uh, gameplay. So there was some information given on the website here. So I'm just going to quickly read through uh, some of the information that we got about the gameplay. So it said, as a member of Wutai's elite core of ninja operatives, uh, Yuffie's unique ability allows her to throw her iconic massive throwing star at enemies. 
And then during that time, she's able to attack with long range ninjutsu um, that can be augmented with her elemental ninjutsu ability, uh, which can change its affinity to fire, uh, ice, lightning, or wind. And then she also has an ability called Banishment, which unleashes an attack that does more damage based on how much ATB was spent before. Similarly to her unique ability, its elemental affinity can be changed with elemental ninjutsu. Hmm. And Yuffie can also use Windstorm, which creates a damaging gust of wind that damages nearby enemies and launches them towards her. So I'm just going to quickly give my thoughts here about uh, her combat that was described in this article. So I'm loving this new combat style. Um, I think that we're getting the best of both worlds here. We are getting long range and also close range attacks, and we're getting like a combination of the two, which is, I think, going to provide... Um, a good balance there. And she seems super fast as well, like very nimble. She's able to move around the the, the battlefield um, quite well and quite fast. So she's able to jump in and jump out at any given time, do, you know, lots of damage close up and then kind of, you know, take some refuge and jump out of the battle still while doing damage. But also to, you know, for those of you who want to play a little bit more defensively, I like that. So far, I think we've only seen elemental ninjutsu abilities like we've seen from the UI menu, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that we've seen any magic use, like materia magic use. Um, Viz, maybe you can answer this question because you've watched the trailer mm -hmm. and you've been slowing it down and you've been, you know, with your extra large magnifying glass <laughs> going through like each frame by frame here. So I just kind of asked the question, like, do you think we'll see the use of magic materia or do you think we'll just see more like independent or command materia? <sighs> I was um, thinking about that myself. In one of the screenshots, <laughs> we can see um, green magic materia lying around. So I hope this is a new one, not just another healing materia yeah. or something like that. But I'm not getting my hopes up, but I still can hope. Other than that, yeah, there are confirmed new materia, but it's just there, there, there's just too little evidence to go on. Like, mm -hmm. practically no evidence. We just know which <laughs> colors they have equipped two purple ones and yeah. so on, and three different colored ones on unique uh, Yuffie's throwing star, Shuriken, but that's about it. So I'm not quite comfortable in making predictions. Mm. I did a little bit in the past, but yeah. I prefer to make predictions with uh, at least semi-solid evidence. Yeah. I think we could comfortably say there will be new summons. Um, yes. But magic <laughs> is sort of out of, the, out of our ability to predict at this point. I hope so, because Yuffie um, was, you know, was a, a pretty proficient magic user in, mm -hmm. in the OG. Right. Yeah. Um, so that would be nice, but... Um, it is what it is, so I'm not sure either. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make a prediction. I I know that in the uh, trailer you can see there's a green materia equipped there, so that tells me okay, yes, there's going to be magic materia that you're going to be able to use. But from what we've seen, we've only seen the elemental uh, ninjutsu like ability attack. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I hope that we get. I hope that we get both. But like you guys yeah. said, it is too early to. Uh, to kind of make a prediction here um, about, you know, whether it's going to be in or not. I hope so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. The only thing I just can maybe a little bit predict is her equipped magic materia. 
Healing would be beneficial for gameplay reasons, mm -hmm. and Wind would fit to Yuffie's kind of affinity to Wind. Because in the one screenshot right. where she performs uh, her hold down square attack, the attack kind of looks like or has wind um, effects, wind-like effects. So yeah. she, and she also has this uh, ability Windstorm. So it seems she's more towards wind and also speed. So it could be that it's either healing or wind. That's just my current prediction based on those facts. And that's about everything mm, yeah. I can say. The rest is just, <laughs> yeah. Throwing spaghetti at the mm -hmm. wall and see what, what sticks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on here. So what do you think about abilities attached to weapons? Like I know in obviously in Final Fantasy VII Remake, each weapon had its own special ability that is unlockable after, you know, you get 100% uh, proficiency on that specific weapon. And then you can use that ability um, at any time. Didn't matter like what weapon you had equipped after um, you had 100% proficiency. So what do you think about that? Like, do you think we'll see more different types of, of um, weapons? You know, or are we just going to see... Like, I know that we have the Cactar Star, that obviously. So do you think that one will have an, a unique ability um, as well as... That almost makes me think we won't. Um, because we, we got no DLC weapons in Remake. Mm. And I think the reason yeah. was is that, you know, having a full... Um, ability attached to a weapon that you can learn regardless of of you know mm -hmm. um, what you do with the weapon uh, makes its impact on combat a lot less inconsequential um okay. than say you know the they there was um there were there were summon material that were actually kind of broken dlc like carbuncles like yeah. the only good summon <laughs> but beyond that like all the uh all the armor that you got was just like whatever it it really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no end game build used those armors so um having something like as as game changing as an as a proficiency ability from a weapon i would kind of be surprised if that weapon proficiency ability still held in intermission okay. for yuffie just because of a dlc weapon um otherwise people would just get mad hmm or this um, this Kekstar weapon just doesn't have any ability attached to it, and that's, the others that's do. That's true. They could do that. Yeah, because yeah. we yeah. I, uh, we do see one weapon chest in Avalanche's hideout. Yeah, so at least a one weapons chest. Yeah, exactly. At least one. She do, she okay. does get one new weapon, and we see three abilities. One is innate. One is attached to her weapon that she has with her from the start. The normal shuriken. And the third one is probably the one she receives from this additional weapon. Maybe there's a fourth one in Chapter 2, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that, actually. That does make sense, you know? Um, just that it doesn't have a unique ability that's unlockable that you can use at any time. I would understand if they didn't have that um, yeah. included in this. Obviously, like the what do you think about the different number of materia slots in each weapon? Do you think that they will be different depending on which weapon, or do you think it'll be the base like mount each time and and each weapon has different stats, obviously um so what do you what do you think about that? I think it's it will it will be pretty much the same as in the base game, 
each weapon has mm -hmm. its own base stats and can be then upgraded differently depending on um, mm -hmm. the, their okay. main weapon affinity, like more physical, more magical, more uh, mm. special abilities, like uh, getting HP when killing an enemy or what have you. Um, yeah. I don't see them changing this up too much right now. Okay. Maybe for part two. Yeah, maybe for part two, but yeah, I would be surprised if there wasn't an SP system like there was in the last one. Mm, uh, okay. That allowed you to upgrade weapons. And I'd also be surprised if um you could fully upgrade it the first playthrough. Um just like just like in uh in the base game, you you, mm -hmm. you need to play in hard mode to fully upgrade mm. your weapons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope they keep that system because that was enjoyable. I liked the fact that you could upgrade the weapons and because it made them like more uh, effective over time and more useful as well. Because in the original, you know, you would just get a weapon and then you just eventually wouldn't use it anymore because the material slots were too low or, right. you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. later game, you're not using those unless you, you know, there's these insane builds where people play the, through the whole game with the nail bat and like that's just their thing and that's their build and which is insane and i've watched like videos on this and i'm like holy crap like that's so yeah, yeah that's my jam i love that nail bat yeah oh yeah for sure yeah that's yeah. your weapon right that's your weapon well <laughs> yes. i mean it, it i mean the the cool thing is is that you do get material slots on the nail bat so yes you know and mm -hmm. it it's one of the it's one of the things that incentivizes replay on on remake mm -hmm. so so well is that um you know, not only was the plot so confusing that uh, it merited a couple of playthroughs, but yes. the the <laughs> combat system was built to be played more than once. Yeah, um, you cannot play hard mode until you've beat it, and you shouldn't be able to. It is scaled appropriately yeah. so that it's sort of meant to be played at level fifty. And I hope they, um, I hope they just carry that exact system into intermission. Mm -hmm. You know, you yeah, play same. through it once, and you have no idea what happened the whole time. <laughs> and then you play through it again, um, you know, and and spend four hours looking at every texture like Viz and I, and um, you know, get get Yuffie yeah. to level fifty, and you know, and all that stuff, so that you can just, um, you know, destroy uh, Shelk or Genesis or whoever the secret mm. boss is going to be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And also get to go through another top secret number two point oh. And get mm -hmm. Götterdämmerung point, 2.0 and then destroy every boss with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I want Yeah, I want whatever the weird, crazy thing you get from, from the intermission secret boss is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I like what you said about just playing through it the first time and having no idea what's happening and then having <laughs> to come back and, and play it again and then maybe go watch, you know, Baby Seal's four-hour, like, theory crafting and, like, <laughs> explanation about... Yeah. We will definitely, yeah, uh, yeah. What happened in the story of intermission? Then I'll come back and I'll <laughs> I'll play it again, and then I'll go watch Viz's four hour exactly. analysis. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that is officially how you're supposed to consume this media, guys. So yes. exactly mm -hmm. approved. Well, from all the information that we've gotten so far about the combat, it does make me super excited and. Um, you know, especially too, we haven't even talked about the team up or the combo attacks with Sonan just kind of thrown into the mix and whatever abilities they'll be able to use together, plus everything else that we're getting. Um, it's just seems like it's actually like completely different game, like extra game, you know, on top of, 
remake. It's just like they it seems like they really did uh work hard on giving us like a different gameplay experience uh through the battle system. And I can't wait to play this. Oh for sure, yeah. Absolutely. I think one of the interesting bits about about the way they're doing this um is that since we are going to see more of the character, it's it's also an introduction to a concept whereas if mm-hmm. you look at the dlc for you know the the com- only comparable title that's modern enough to have something that sets precedent for this is final fantasy 15 and the, all that dlc was yeah. sort of after the fact so they would create these new systems you know mm-hmm. that were independent and um did not operate within the main game um and so they were you know you would have to learn a whole new thing for each dlc and it was it still felt like Final Fantasy 15, and I would argue some of it was actually really good and, and improved the base mm-hmm. game. But in Remake, what we're looking at is we're being introduced to something that's going to be implemented moving forward. And so yeah. that's that's a much more, I think, salient experience for um, for the player to consume. I mean, and it's exciting enough that a lot of people are, mm-hmm. you know, are scrambling to get a yet like another console to play so yeah yeah. hands up over here because i don't have one yet so (laughs) i need to get one by june 10th (laughs) Mm -hmm. fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah yeah (laughs) um i also have some a few Mm -hmm. things to say and a a little addendum to this so in general as you said ufi is seems very interesting interesting to play like this combination between uh, close range and long range, but not only that, also the combination between her different moves and abilities seem to really work well together. So in general, it's uh, with her, you have to look more um, for her positioning, like where she is and when you need to use what. Like you, If you're far away, you can throw her throwing star and then immediately um, practically teleport to this uh, enemy where you mm-hmm. threw the, uh, the star at so it's easy to um, gain distance or close up mm-hmm. close distance to an enemy but you can also get uh, gain distance again by holding square but then you can draw mm-hmm. the enemy towards you with windstorm and it's just uh, it seems really insane and very very interesting and, <laughs> and, and a cool way to play I guess mm-hmm. and then there's also the um, exploitation of the enemy's weakness with her elemental ninjutsu. And then mm-hmm. the, the switch between physical and magical attacks. If you don't know what you mean, please watch the third part of my uh, <laughs> rough analysis <laughs> series about the Integrate trailer. Um, so she can use normal as a physical attacks with her shuriken, magical attacks with her ninjutsu attacks, which engage when she's not in possession of a shuriken right now. But while she's doing that, the shuriken is uh, sits at uh, some enemy's head and just spins and deals damage every 48 uh, frames. So, yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. <laughs> it sounds crazy. I you know, and um on on the concept of ninjutsu, um I'm not sure how how into um legacy final fantasies you are, but um you know, the the job system mm-hmm. um has always sort of attached ninjutsu to um either like built-in elemental 
um, mm, uh, weakness yeah. exploitation and status changes. So right, you know, right, um, yeah, status and status and element are all built into that. So what's exciting to me about this inclusion with with Yuffie's combat is that it's essentially finding even more of a way to implement this this job concept into remakes combat which means that for future mm -hmm. characters we're going to see um more identity with the combat system of all all characters because you know uh for all of, re of all of OG's strengths near end game i mean it's all just like every character is about the same yeah and yeah. it's just it has to do with your limit break it's like your limit breaks and mm -hmm. um and materia are all that you use. You stop using magic altogether at a certain point. I mean, you know, like it's basically just everybody set up with, you know, mime and, you know, uh final Counter attack, attack with, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Final tag with Phoenix and you just you're just on this never die <laughs> loop and yeah. and everybody's just a palette swap. Like it doesn't even matter who the character is, you know? And um so creating this identity attached to each character's combat style that makes it feel more like, um, you know, this is a representation of a job class will make you make tactical decisions about yep. your party yeah. and not just, not just, um, you know, you just put your favorite three people and then <laughs> equip them with the same materia and then just you know, plow through yeah. the game. Each one of them has a master materia and then yeah. they all have the abilities <laughs> anyway. So it doesn't so matter. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. yeah. And I think there will be elements of that. I mean, there already kind of is, you can make, you can make any character into something a little bit different than his design. If you, his or her design, if you want. I mean, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and do that. So that's still true to the OG experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, I mean, that was the most exciting thing about seeing ninjutsu as a as a job class being represented through Yuffie. So I'm I'm really excited mm -hmm. to see what that means for like Kate Sith and mm -hmm. yeah for for Sid as a dragoon you know job yeah. class and especially um, Vincent and Vincent. Mm -hmm. However, they do Vincent. Yeah, Vincent. There's so much pressure for them to get Vincent. right. Yeah, that's true. Vincent needs a like. After Dirge, Vincent needs a like full blown, um, like Metal Gear Solid Revengeance yes. level, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like what they do with MGS Four in in redeeming uh, the character of Raiden. You know, like I'm not sure if you guys remember the experience of Metal Gear Solid Two, but I do, yeah. But he was so mad at, at Raiden <laughs> for for being a thing, like for existing. How dare he? Um, and then they totally like they redeemed him in um, in in four by turning him into like a nightmare cyborg robot that was yeah. just, like killing these weird cows and stuff like that. Mm. And so, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, they if they do, if they've got to pull something like that for Dirge with Vincent because Vincent's still a big fan fave, and mm. um, yeah, it would just be horrible to think that like you just switch to Vincent and it turns to Dirge's combat. Like that'd be so. <laughs> It'd <laughs> be so crazy bad, yeah. but I think it's going to be something that really, um, I think what this shows, I guess what I'm getting at is that what this shows is that they're really thinking hard about how mm -hmm. each character is going to have its own identity. Mm -hmm. Each character is going to want you to play. You're going to want to play every single character in your party and, mm -hmm. um, you know, no matter what. So yeah, I'm excited.
Definitely. And for Vincent, I kind of low-key hoping for his triangle ability to be a sniper scope to snipe far away enemies, enemies or something like that. It would be Ooh. would be pretty hmm. sick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. Just uh, the thought crossed my mind. And, that yeah, would be cool. be cool. No, I'd be down, yeah. As, uh, speaking of uh, abilities, what I also really look, I'm looking forward to is the banishment ability, which you can charge up by using other abilities and uh, ATB in general. Unfortunately, only to level 3, but it would be uh, overpowered otherwise. But what mm -hmm. I still not quite am sure of is uh, if it also uh, inflicts status effects. Probably not, because we don't see the enemy being inflicted by anything. Well, they could just be um, disabling those UI elements, but it doesn't. Um, does it does it say when the enemy is resistant to something, like resistant to poison or something? I I think it just doesn't yes. uh, hit, right? I think so. Or does no, it say it, resistant? The UI, the UI will say uh, no effect. All right, it says no yeah. effect, right? Because I've been playing yeah. so much trails uh, of uh, trails of cold steel, <laughs> it always says it says resist. So I'm yeah, con constantly thinking of uh, that one. I think that it does show the numbers and they're purple, aren't they? And then it says No, it resist. says immune because it's, oh, it's immune okay. against uh, magical attacks. That's why. But it right. doesn't say uh, no effect or something. And, but it does look like it's, it's inflicting poison or something because of the, the, the purple effect, oh, purple right. gust of fog or something that turns into black and then dissipates. Mm -hmm. Banishment in almost every other Final Fantasy is a debuff. So, yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's why I yeah. also think it's, it could be one. It, it generally will do defense down and darkness. Oh, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. But I don't I know don't if remember, that's yeah. what's going to happen here. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a defense down debuff that's that's nah. been programmed into remake. So probably not. Um, no, I don't think darkness so. is really the only one. Yeah, darkness. Yeah, could be because we don't see the enemy's HP bar or anything like that, and. Mm -hmm. We don't That's see true. if it if if the enemy the boss there is afflicted by anything, so it's hard to say. But I kind of mm -hmm. hope it does inflict something because, as you said, it would be true to ninjitsu using characters like Yuffie and others in the franchise. And my last point is about synergized abilities. Windstorm is also uh, can also be used as synergized. Windstorm with Sonon together, so I really like how normal abilities can be used in synergized form, and Sonon seems to have Art of War, I, I guess, unless this is also a Yuffie thing, maybe, who knows. Okay. But um, as, as I also talked about in previous analysis, that it, there's one single frame during one short clip where you see that the synergized words disappear, and it only says Art, Art of War and windstorm in yuffie's hmm. tactical mode menu or or the or was it the shortcut i think it was the shortcut but yeah there's there's just two modes synergized when someone is probably close by and then okay uh, single use or solo use and that's also something i'm really looking forward to how exactly do those synergized abilities work and the, the team up attacks mm -hmm. like technically does someone just need to be close by or do you need to activate something? Is there a button to switch something? Because I can't really see any button being free for that. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, maybe he casts it or something because you can issue 
like you can't switch to him as a character, but you can issue him commands, right? Like from the from the menu. Oh, you you mean that you might only be use uh, be able to use synergized attacks when you issue commands to Sonon, and if Yuffie yeah. just uh, uses it by herself, it's unsynergized. It could be, yeah. That's that's a good just idea. Just a thought that I had. Yeah. That could work. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's anybody's guess until we see more footage. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I am really enjoying, you know, these additions to the uh, gameplay and the battle system. And I do hope that they do continue into the future parts of Remake. And I remember that, Viz, we did talk about this, I think, on the last episode as well, that it, it's like they're trying out these systems now, you know, in this mm-hmm. DLC, because they built this version for the PS5 only. And it's like they're kind of getting into, you know, the development for the PS5 and testing it and just kind of testing the waters a little bit um, to see, you know, how how this is and how it's received, I think. And then they're going to use that information to incorporate or maybe change this a little bit into the subsequent parts of the remake. Um, and I love that. I, I hope that it continues. I think that these team up attacks really add a new element to the battle yeah. system. And uh, like... This is kind of what I wanted in the in the OG in the like first part of the remake. And I remember when the screenshots were released, it looked like Tifa was like jumping off of clouds uh, right. Buster Sword <laughs> or something. And we were like, oh God, like is this is way before we had any information about anything. And we were just looking at screenshots and you know, analyzing everything. And we were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they had like, you know, these team up attacks? It looks like she's jumping off his sword and everything. And uh, it didn't turn out. But I think that uh, it's a huge opportunity for them right now to kind of surprise us and add this in and in, in these subsequent parts. And I hope that, you know, it's expanded upon. And I, and I really do want aerial combat to be um, improved. Yes. Um, which is really difficult to be able to do, especially when you don't have a jump. Like you can't jump and attack. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was thinking about that. I'm like, they're going to have to, if they want you to be able to like attack in the air, you're going to have to give us a jump button. Like I'm not talking about Final Fantasy 15. Like that's almost too much, but I feel like there's a happy medium between the two. I would like to be able to jump and attack. I don't know. Anyway, it's just my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. If there's a button free for that, why not? Just incorporate jump into yeah. battle, but not outside, because then it won't, won't be Final Fantasy VII anymore, in my opinion. I didn't mind that there wasn't a jump button. I didn't care about yeah, that. Same. But it just felt like in in battle, you know, when you would just jump into the air and slash and stuff, it just yeah. kind of was abrupt, and I couldn't control it as well it's as a bit wonky, when I wasn't yeah. doing that. So, I feel like if they created a a chase system that was a little bit more dynamic maybe a button maybe mm-hmm. a button to more just approach or charge the oh, enemy dash, regardless so to speak yeah like a, a dash button yeah. that yeah that is doesn't necessarily relate to whether or not you're jumping or you're you know um dashing towards the like it will trace no matter if if high or low i could see that yeah. working wellish with the comment combat mm-hmm. as it is i am very I am very reticent about a jump button. So <laughs> I just am, yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm thinking of like um, Devil May Cry, but that's too much, yeah, you know, because it it's not that type of game because they still have the ATV bar and they still have the magic system and like the commands with the UI and everything. I, I think that there's a happy medium between 
that plus, you know, 15 was kind of too much for me. It was just like all around, you know, and you're just flying and, you know, in and out of everywhere. And it was kind of too much. But I think that if they could just take that and perfect it and just give us something so that it was it's improved, then it'll be golden. I'll be super happy about that. <laughs> yes, definitely. However, with uh, this uh, Yuffie episode here, I think they, there is an approach because Yuffie can mm -hmm. easily, easily just from far away uh, throw her throwing star, then it stakes to the enemy, then she uh, zooms to the enemy as we've seen in, in a trailer against the um, lesser Drake. Oh, yeah. And then she can mm -hmm. perform her um, aerial combo. And this works ver hmm. very well for her. However, for the others, it probably doesn't. But then I think they should incorporate abilities or just something that they can do something similar, like Cloud maybe yeah. also throw his sword, a sword throw ability, just normal one you learn Ooh. from, I don't know, uh, the Force Dealer. I have no idea. No, Force Dealer is, is most likely <laughs> something like Soul Drain. But um, just from another weapon, you sword throw. And then he can uh, throw his sword, kind of like a boomerang style. And uh, when, when it hits, then he automatically jumps to the sword and then you can perform a, an air combo just to make it a I would little like bit that. easier. For Tifa, um, like something, a, a modified uppercut of sorts, I don't know. Hmm. Um, Aerith and Barrett don't have the same problem because they don't have aerial combat. So right. that's good. And Ketchi or Kate Sith, I don't know, maybe the Moogle can just throw <laughs> throw the cat at the enemy or something, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. He just shouts at him anyways. Or the, yeah, mean, true, he true. Just, <laughs> he just, Sound just megaphones him straight yeah. out of the air. Right. I want that megaphone to be so over the top, like yeah, just yeah. extra. Like I want it, I want it to, I want it to be like, I want it to be the thing that forces the game to go to M rating. Like he just <laughs> shouts and then all of their skin just yeah. peels off and you're like, whoa, whoa, Kate Sith is baller. face melter. <laughs> yes, oh exactly. Yeah. No, I'm I'm for that. That would be incredible. In general, <laughs> Kate, Kate Sith needs to be completely over the top in every every aspect. Yeah. The way he talks and gestures <laughs> and presents himself and performs uh, himself in battle. Uses abilities, mm -hmm. uses normal attacks, and even the uh, dodge maneuver. Like the Moogle just rolls over and catch. She has to run on the Moogle itself or something crazy. I don't know. <laughs> just, just make it completely awesome. hilarious to make a stark contrast to the severity of the story. Yeah, yeah. Just go, just go crazy. I love that. Just campy, you know. Just camp it up. Just yep. Give it to us. <laughs> All right, guys, so moving on here, we are talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate Intermissions, voice actors, and new characters that were revealed. So, um, Fizz, did you want to go through the list of voice actors and characters because you're so incredible at pronouncing these... Well, I can try. <laughs> names? Well, at, you're at way better Japanese, than I am because I literally... Ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just butcher everybody's name, so I'm just going to let you go for it. <laughs> All right, thank you. Th thank you for the opportunity. I'll try my best. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so first we have, of course, Yuffie Kisaragi, which is, who is vo voiced by Susie Young. Or Young, I think. I don't quite know how it's pronounced. I think Young. Uh, Sonan Kusakupe, voiced by Alex Lay. Uh, then we have Vice, with a V, not a W. Vice. <laughs> I learned the hard way. Um, voiced by Damon, or da Damon? Damon Mills. Then we have uh, GJ, 
and I looked it up actually how the the Chinese would pronounce it, and it's that, that's dead on. It's yeah, and TJ, but uh, according to the Chinese pronunciation, it would be Zhejie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a Zhe 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 It's really strange, but apparently it is like that. If cool. I'm wrong, please uh, correct me. But yeah. <laughs> the, the Japanese pronunciation is, is just Zhejie, like the um, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the katakana they use. Um, and this lovely character is voiced by Griffin Puatu. I hope mm-hmm. it's not butchered. You got it. <laughs> then we have uh, Nayo, voiced by Ashley Butya. Or, but also that's the German pronunciation. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, how would you say it in English? English pronunciation? Butcher? Butcher. Butcher? It'd be yeah. Butcher. Yeah. Like yeah, Butcher, so. the, the animal. Kind of. Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> like Bet. Yeah, you betcher. Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> betcher. Yeah. Boom. Yes. Then we have our resident Billy Bob. Couldn't be more generic. Voiced by <laughs> David Goldstein or Goldstein. Or that Gold- is Sir William Robert to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> or if uh, Germans would say Goldstein. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have Polk or Poke, however, however you want to pronounce him. Voiced by Daniel Amerman or Amerman. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Yep. I hope I did well. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did a great you did job. Great. Way better than what I would have Thank done. <laughs> I would have butchered everybody's names. <laughs> Almost as good as I would have done. Almost. <laughs> right, right, right. You'll do it next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> that's good that's good uh, on, the, on the press website there was also a, a short blurb about uh, which introduced the characters and it says alongside Yuffie and Sonon additional characters were introduced for Final Fantasy VII Remake episode Intermission including GJ a Wutaian who acts as the point of contact between the new Wutaian government and Avalanche HQ members of Avalanche HQ Nayo Billy Bob, Billy Bob and Polk and Vice, the sadistic ruler of Shinra's top-secret underground research center, Deep Ground. This last sentence is a little bit weirdly phrased because this would suggest that Vice is also part of Avalanche HQ, but... Yes, I agree. When I first read it, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, wait, what? I, I had to write, uh, read it like three times until I got it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Since when? Anyway, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the twist. They that's just gave the it away. Yeah, that's the twist. <laughs> He's Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> all right so in general i'm really stoked for new voices I, I always love to hear new voices and unknown voices because then mm-hmm. they the characters really feel new and fresh otherwise oh it's Johnny Depp again oh it's this it's this character again oh it's um <laughs> sean bean yeah sean bean <laughs> oh it's 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 matt mercer again or it's uh, troy baker again or it's uh, yeah just all those who appear in every second game yeah <laughs> I remember when Sean Bean was announced as that character from mm. 15 and everyone's like, oh, he's going to die. Yeah, he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the, the, the Japanese VA for Sonon is, is the absolute Japanese Sean Bean. He has never played a character that has oh, survived. Really? Yeah. Oh, never okay. in his, in, and he's got <laughs> hundreds of roles. So wow. either Sonon <laughs> dies or that guy just, changed the projection of his career forever. 
Yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that mm. like previously. Yeah, we did. Cuz I was I was like, well, why are people thinking that he's going to die? Like so we did talk a little bit about that, but that does make sense. <laughs> I hope that he doesn't fall to that, you know, that curse, but mm. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Watch watch him being uh, within the chopper that gets shut down by Rufus. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, a oh little theory God. that uh, a commenter on uh, on my channel on one of the videos posted was hilarious. <laughs> I I am I am curious to see if they address that helicopter because yeah. the person in the you can see the person in the helicopter and it's somebody just in that old garb that you see in chapter four. <laughs> um, he had that same avalanche armor, so yeah, mm. it'll be interesting. Yeah, they'll yeah. do everything they can to like make it seem like he's on that, like in Rise of the Skywalker, oh. and then. <laughs> They'll pull a Chewie and then he just shows up later like, what? I guess he wasn't on. <laughs> yeah, I guess he wasn't not. on that uh, helicopter. Oh, okay. Mm. And then you just roll with it. Yeah. Just believe it. Well, I'm really excited about these uh, voice actors. And from what we've heard so far, I think that they did a really good job just from watching the trailers that we've gotten and um, oh, yeah. seeing their performances. You know, it seems like they fit in well with the rest of Remake's voice cast as well. And I did, did you guys watch the KubaCon um, 7 Remake uh, anniversary stream with all the VAs? It was so awesome. I did eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we tried to watch it together, but that didn't work. But no. uh, we, uh, yeah, I think I, I watched it after the fact. It was, it was really fun. It was, it was awesome. definitely, yeah. They like swapped roles or oh, chose yeah. <laughs> like for the roles that they played, they chose somebody else to play them on the cast, which was so it they did a great job. Like, they did, they, yeah, really, yeah. I was I was impressed, and uh, they really showed you know their talent and their range as voice actors, and um, maybe you know we'll get uh, something equivalent to that like a year after Integrate, <laughs> you know, with yeah, uh, in, yeah. the intermission voice cast. That would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Alex, if you're listening. Let's go. Yeah. Alex is uh, <laughs> the organizer for uh, KuboCon. So. Alex Main, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Super, super dedicated member of the community. Oh, yeah. And um, I, yeah, I, I had just watched um, all of High Rise Invasion, uh, which mm -hmm. is an anime that uh, the, the main character, the protagonist, Yuri, is voiced yes. by Susie Young. Oh, cool. And I had watched that the day before the announcement, <laughs> and um, she nailed it. Like I'm, I was really excited once mm -hmm. I I made that connected. So I think she's gonna do great as as Yuffie. She's she's dead on. I think on so and, too. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, um, the Damon Mills, the voice uh, actor for Vice, mm -hmm. is such a fan of Final Fantasy. Like mm -hmm. he's oh, cosplayed good. as so many um, Final Fantasy VII characters. So I really like I really like when they they yeah. give out roles to like big big mm -hmm. fans and uh there's a couple of a couple of big fans i think in uh I think in, so in the too. voice cast and i'm still holding out hope that robert pattinson uh the biggest final fantasy 7 fanboy of them all <laughs> gets cast as vincent valentine but you know, wow oh me. yeah <laughs> if that happens once again trademark yeah. schroeder's baby seals yes. as long as long as vincent doesn't start sparkling then i'm good <laughs> oh come on <laughs> Well, maybe maybe he really does. Like that's his coat so is crazy. a little bit sparkly and wow. That's what the chaos gene does. Bro. True, true. That's true. Mm. Yeah. You just converted me to a sparkler. 
Well, he's got experience, you know, acting as a vampire, so he might yeah. be able to bring that element to the character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He might be too busy though because he's Batman, so he might be he, like He is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman. Yeah. And and he has been a lot more choosy with his roles uh recently yeah. and um yeah, he's 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 actually become a very good actor, which I I don't think anybody of us who uh who watched Twilight ever would have predicted <laughs> um, but he uh he's become a very good actor. Yeah, I watched him in some other uh Flick, uh, what was it called again? So, uh, he, he was some some uh, very very rich uh, mogul, something like that. Uh, it's it, it's it's more like a an art house um, movie, mm. and a lot of times they are sitting in the car and talk. And and one time and, uh, the plebs just bang on the car because they don't like him and such. And he really does, <laughs> does a really good job of of this composed character that sometimes can get mm-hmm. very unhinged when stuff doesn't uh, get his way. And that's pretty Vincent to me right there. I can see him <laughs> going. Yeah. Yeah. And he was great in the lighthouse, um, yeah. which, you know, isn't for everybody, but it was definitely for me. Um, so... Uh, I, yeah, I, I, this rings the bell. The lighthouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lighthouse is a yeah. Again, not for everybody, but definitely for me. <laughs> I'm all up for for uh, obscure and release uh, mm-hmm. like those those special and not not mainstream movies that really try to to convey something to to tell uh, a story that's not just your average popcorn flick. We yeah. ha- you have to really yeah. think about it and maybe have to watch uh, three, two, uh, two or three times or something. Yeah, Lighthouse is definitely one of those. And as a mythology buff, oh, um, nice, it's yeah. it's rife with with mythology references. Um, and uh, yeah, it was definitely not a mainstream film, but it but it did. Um, it's definitely an art house film, so it's kind of got this following as being, a, yeah. you know, a piece of high art. And uh, so, you know, and, and he's the Batman. So he's a little outside of the, the kind of price range yeah, of, for uh, sure. of remake. Pretty much everybody on remake is uh, is like high-grade CW stars or, or better. Yeah. And I'm, that's not even a, a, a dig because they all killed it. Like, everybody's really... They did. Um, I'm just really good at... Uh, I'm really digging the, the VA casting choices and, yes, and all that. Yes, me too. So, Yeah. Also, they they seem to really try to um, give a voice to not lesser known characters, because all of those I haven't heard before um, the announcement. But then I dug a little bit into into it. But it's it's that's what I meant before. If if I don't know a character and hear the voice, then I can identify with the character or or the character has a, a more of an identity not just oh it's the, the the 50th character this other voice actor has played it sounds really great mm-hmm. it's good but i can mostly still hear the voice actor and then i don't connect as much as i should to the character at times um mm-hmm. i had the same same problem uh, in horizon zero dawn uh ashley uh what's what's her last name again ashley birch exactly um, it's the VA for a- Aloy, and she does a really, really good job, I think. However, I know her from uh, Life is Strange, so I yeah, always heard strange, Chloe yeah. from Life is Strange it, it, during yeah. the first few hours, and it was sometimes mm-hmm. really pr- uh, pulling me out of the experience. It's not her fault, definitely not, and also not the fault of the developers, it's just me. Uh, I sometimes have to have the connection to the first character, and yeah. then if 
if I hear this this character again, it loses a little bit of this novelty kind of. And I had the reverse experience with with um with Aloy for some reason because Ashley Birch is she's in um she's in Final Space, which is a great great uh, mm-hmm. great great show. Yep. And also she's a live act she has a live action role in Mythic Quest, uh which um also if you're if you like video games it's it's a great like look at the industry um oh, from inside see, yeah. the industry and um and she's a she's a she's a character in that and um and one of the central characters and so like I'm looking at this person that sounds like Aloy but does not look like Aloy and it's freaking me out <laughs> oh, the whole time yeah like, yeah I don't, I don't understand <laughs> my brain cannot work this out you know I don't so. remember if I ever heard a voice in a game first and then saw the same VA in a live action movie or uh, documentary hmm. I don't remember seeing that so i don't know if i would react <laughs> i you did the other experience i had with this was with was with sephiroth's va from um from advent children and everything prior to uh mm-hmm. prior to i see i saw him in a um in an episode of law and order as yep. like oh. the elderly love interest of an elderly character and it was like this isn't this what? is wrong. I can't, <laughs> wow. I can't handle this. Please oh stop. Take, t- take this off the screen. Yeah. Please leave leave my Sephiroth alone, please. <laughs> that happens to me a lot when I'm watching like I watch like Bob's Burgers and like Family Guy and all that. So you yeah. see like some of these voice actors, but they're also at real like live action actors as well. So I'll see them like and they're comedians a lot of them. So you'll yeah. see them like in other um, TV shows or whatever. And it's like, oh my gosh, I just can't. Like, I, I'm hearing it and I'm hearing Bob's Burgers, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I can't separate the two. Yeah. Oh, I just remembered something else. Do you uh, remember the slogan of EA? EA Sports. It's in a game. <laughs> this is the same. Um, it's it's uh, David Hater. This, it's the... Um... The metal, the metal, the metal Gear Solid guy, the uh, Solid yeah. Snake VA. So you're yeah. really uh, <laughs> dating us here. You're yeah. really dating us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to hear Snake uh, say the EA slogan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's also fun at times. So I'm not complaining. In general, it's just it's just a yeah. nice touch. If if I hear. Uh, a voice for the first time for a new character, and then it's just something new. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So we are moving on here. We are going to be talking about the Famitsu and also the official Square Enix article character reveal. So um, also just shout out to Audrey for translating the Famitsu article and uh, Viz as well, right? Because you had said that you had also translated one of those articles as well. So we're just going to go down the list of, uh, I guess, new characters and also legacy characters. The compilation character so far that we got is Vice. So I'm just going to quickly read off the description here, uh, the translation. So I guess there's a quote and it says, let us raise the curtains in the beginning of what is called the end. So a ruler donned in all white who controls Shinra's top secret underground research center, Deep Ground. He hones superhuman strength, is very charismatic, sadistic, and cruel. So due to his unparalleled strength, he is restrained to a throne hidden deep beneath Midgar and is only released when he is being experimented on. 
as he is kept under inhumane conditions, he quietly waits for a chance to exact his revenge. (laughs) (laughs) So the English article actually had like a little bit different. So it said, uh, this fearsome figure is Vice, also known as Vice the Immaculate. So he is the sadistic ruler of Shinra's underground uh, research center, Deep Ground. The company's scientists are so scared of his strength that they've restrained him to a throne deep within the confines of the facility. Though contained, Vice is patient and waits for an opportunity to take his revenge. So have we seen any other compilation characters so far? I don't think so. I think this is, like, other than the Deep Ground soldiers, I think, that we caught a glimpse of in one of the trailers, I think this is the first for intermission right i think think so so we have seen compilation enemies but not compilation characters we have a reference to console but that's about it Mm -hmm. um well i mean technically the um leslie curier and murray technically that's true but in intermission this is the only compilation character that we have a reference to uh for sure and uh yeah definitely yeah, so a lot of people, I think, are thinking that, you know, anything's on the table now, you know, because <laughs> they're showing Vice, like, now and giving it to us in this way, in this DLC. And I read somewhere that some people were actually disappointed that that they didn't get to fight against Vice in, uh, with Cloud. And apparently now Nomura wants you to experience fighting him as Cloud some... And this is kind of like this way of incorporating that battle into like part two or whatever. It's going to like their chances of it happening are higher now because they're showing them in intermission. And then for the story, for me, I just said maybe Viz, you had stated later, going to talk about this in a bit here, um, just that he's like he he's not necessarily the last boss. But do you think maybe we might like try to fight him and then we fail? It's like one of those. Uh, you're doomed to fail, you know what I mean? For the story, for the plot, and then you escape or something like that? Uh, my guess is that he's really just a pu- puppet master in, uh, in this, this story here with Yuffie. Because it, it, it suits him much, much better. Even in Dirt of Cerberus, he is only uh, thrown into the action, so to speak, at the very end against Vincent. Mm-hmm. But before, he was yeah. just uh, the puppet, puppet master. And I'm pretty sure he will remain like this. Besides, of course, his appearance in a VR uh, machine to battle Cloud or something. Um, yeah, I, I, t- I just can't, can't see him actually becoming physic- a physical threat in, in this, um, in this mm-hmm. DLC here. I'm I'm in the same boat. I I do not think that um I think I think we may physically encounter him oh, like sure, sleeping yeah. on his throne um as Yuffie okay. and so on but um and I think we'll see other Svets but um mm-hmm. No, I I think he is going to be a VR battle for Cloud. Uh oh, okay. and that's really really it. Based on the first interview with Nomura where yeah. Nomura essentially says that um that vice is not the the enemy of uh, uh is not the final boss of okay of intermission. intermission it wasn't called intermission at this point this was the very first nomura interview mm-hmm. uh, so that hadn't been revealed yet but that he had always wanted cloud to have the opportunity mm-hmm. to fight yes um vice 
you know mm-hmm. and then in that same sentence he does he does actually um classify Sephiroth as vice's superior um which yeah which actually does settle in the community and age-old debate believe mm, it or not yeah <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and that makes sense and we did i remember talking about this on a previous episode as well because we went through that article and um I just wasn't sure because I think that there was some confusion as well. Like some people, and I was checking out Twitter a lot and people were like, you know, giving their opinions and talking about this. And um, one of the things that came up as well was that now, you know, we're probably going to get Genesis because of the secret ending of Dirge of Cerberus. Obviously, I guess like spoilers for Dirge of Cerberus, if you haven't (laughs) played it, (laughs) that he's dead and then Genesis takes his body. So people are like on Twitter, like, oh my God, we're definitely going to get Genesis um and everybody was kind of freaking out and it's kind of like um combination of people because some people don't really like the compilation games at all so they don't really want any of that interfering with with uh with seven and it's kind of this old age debate <laughs> um, it's understandable as well but yeah i i think they can uh sort of work around this um controversy by providing more references or don't or just not shoehorning in those characters in scenes and uh, parts and sections they don't belong. But mm-hmm. here we're in deep ground and it's a DLC. It's not the main storyline. So I think yeah. it's practically fair game to do whatever that makes sense and doesn't interfere with the rest of the story or at least not too much. Mm-hmm. So this is why I can see Genesis being a thing, although not necessarily in person because uh, by this time, he is just sleeping in the cavern below Midgar. Right. Where he, in the mm-hmm. end, the, uh, the secret FMV appears to take, a while, take away Vice. Yeah. So I don't think we'll actually encounter him. Unless they try to change the canon again. And then the whispers appear and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I can see them just uh, referencing him in, in some way or another. Mm-hmm. I'm that expecting a reference too. I'm expecting yeah. something that's more um, meta, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. something of the like. So, mm. for sure, yeah. Maybe just as little as a name drop, or maybe even as far as chapter thirteen, where we see all those unknown entities in the failed experiment with a heavy reference to Genesis uh, mutations and experiments. So just something like mm-hmm. that, maybe a little bit more, but Genesis himself materializing or something, I can't see that. Maybe VR, but VR is just VR. That doesn't really matter in the long run. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on here, we're going to talk about the new characters that were um, revealed. So we have Chiche. Chiche. Is that correct? Yeah. So here's what he says. There's a quote. He says, you refers to you guys. It's a secret word. So a Wutaian who lives in Midgar, he acts as the liaison between the Wutai government and the main avalanche branch. With his street smarts and fast moves, he is able to survive by sliding out of trouble. He shows Yuffie around the Sector 7 slums. And then here's what's from the English article. It says Yuffie is also aided by the main branch of avalanche a group of planetologists who stand against Shinra. So unlike Barrett's reactor-destroying Splinter Cell, which the main story of Final Fantasy VII Remake follows, Avalanche HQ opposes Shinra through more subtle means, 
and is willing to aid Wu Tai's operatives on their mission. The point of contact between Wu Tai and Avalanche is Ziche. So he's a Wu Tai native himself, and his silver tongue and quick wittedness have done him well in the undercity of Midgar. He guides Yuffie on her arrival to the city. And I looked up what silver tongue meant, and it means like um, sweet talker. Yeah, like exactly. you're able to kind of manipulate people with your words. Because I was like, hmm, that's a saying. It might be known, but I just, I don't use it. So I was like, I just want to make sure that I understand. Mm. So that does make sense that he's kind of like a, a sweet talker, you know, like he's able to manipulate people with his words when he's talking. So that's super interesting. Yeah, so he can just talk himself out of situations. Yeah, exactly. Like like shouting Moogle and then running away. <laughs> <laughs> Best example. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. yeah. I said he seems like a cool character. I like that he's Wutaian, and I like that he's like stationed in uh, Midgar, and he's there, and he's trying to help Yuffie. I think that's super interesting, and I hope mm. that we get more of a story there with him as a character, a little bit more background. But who knows? We don't know what we're going to get until we actually end up playing it. So, But I like his character design. I think it's cool. Um, that's not too bad, yeah. He doesn't look like somebody that you would think would how they would look if they're from Wutai. I don't know. Somebody was also saying this online that they were thinking that, yes, he's from there, but not like native to, to there or something like that. I don't know. Could be, Anyways, yeah. He's got like bleached hair. So maybe he dyed his hair or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's not, not his uh, original or usual color, hair color. Just like Reno, who also yeah, uh, that's dyes true. his hair and Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> yeah, Johnny's fun. So yeah, I'm Johnny's ho- not natural. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, maybe he is, but I think I think the material <laughs> Ultimania says that he dyes his hair, but I'm not quite sure. Lies, lies. What does that book know? What does that book know? Nothing. It's just head cannon from from the de- developers. It's not. It's, it's hair cannon to be <laughs> hair cannon. Yeah, <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, he's an interesting character, um, GJ, and I'm not totally okay. I'm not totally sure I trust him. Oh, huh, okay. that's an interesting take. Could be, yeah, this, his silver tongueness. Just saying. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe he is a Shinra spy. Something could be. Something's yeah. off about him. I can't Something's quite. Off. I can't <laughs> quite put my finger on it. I'm just. I'm just again trademark. Yeah. Well, I would bow before you if you could p- uh, put the finger on on a digital character. Like the zeros and ones within uh, on on the hard drive, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm 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 with you. It's it's possible that there's something more to it, but hmm. it's for you. It's just a feeling. For me, it's an interesting thought. I'll keep it in mind because for now, there's no real. There's no real data. There's yeah. no evidence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's a good good thing to keep in mind. There's just a lot of of oddness with Wu Tai and Avalanche and their connection. Yeah. Um. And I'm curious how Kyrie is going to be involved because yeah, same. Because Kyrie right. reports that in yeah. Chapter 14, she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, they've been working together," which makes me think maybe she's going to show up in the DLC and like overhear, mm, so. yeah, overhear the conversation between the two or something like that. Or you know, maybe um, maybe there's some other weird stuff going on. We'll see. Mm, that's, that would that's, be cool. that's a good good point. Yeah, Kyrie would would re- fit uh, really well into this DLC story. And 
just some quick remark about his quote here. You refers to you guys like a secret word. It's like a code. Code name. So he likes code names, it seems, or code names are important in here. And yeah, we'll get to code names in a bit with the, the other characters. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, that's also interesting. He's not born and raised in the slums. He probably lives, uh, has been living there for a little bit, mostly for his uh, liaison part between Wutai and, and Avalanche. The others are native to Midgar. And Barrett also only mentions three Avalanche members and not a fourth. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that, that he's not really part of Avalanche, more like a, the, the, the in-between man, the middleman. So yeah, but more, but more on, on this Barrett stuff and the other three when we get to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when we get to them. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know the them that we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> These rascals. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving on here, our next character is Neo. That's what I call her, Neo. Um, this team-up will be the bridge to the future. I just know it. So that's a quote that she says. Um, a member of the main avalanche branch, she was born in the slums, hidden within the Sector 7 slums. She oversees the actions of the branch. She receives the request from the Wutai government for assistance and helps them devise a strategy. She prepares a fake ID that Yuffie and others need to access the upper plate. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So it says that she, here in the English um, article, it says that she was born and raised in Midgar. She's a member of Avalanche HQ, which we know, and she keeps a close eye on what Barrett's splinter cell is up to. So um, I think she's, I like her character design. Some people online were like, oh, she's just like a copy and paste of Tifa's character model. <laughs> they just like chopped her hair off. Uh. Which, hey, they probably did. They probably did. Like, who knows, <laughs> right? But. I mean, you know what? Whatever. I like her outfit. I think that, um, like, I like the fact that she kind of looks like more uniformy yes. than, you know, like the other characters. But it, I, I like that because it kind of gives it like, okay, she's part of a different sect of Avalanche, you know, and she has like the shirt on. I think it does say Avalanche on it, right? On the button up. It says ASO, which most likely yeah. stands for Avalanche Supply Officer. Okay. Yes. I like that. Her skirt is kind of similar to like what Tifa's wearing. It's just a different color and she's wearing like um, high socks or whatever. I think that she seems super cool as a character and I feel like her role is going to be more like the tech person, you know, like you said, like making the fake IDs. Mm. I don't know what else she'll be up to. Like um, if we need doors open, maybe she's like, you know, controlling a computer or something. I don't like know. Like Jesse. Anyways. Yeah. Kind <laughs> yeah. of like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think she's definitely going to be the one that that pulls the uh, the gloves off of Jesse's corpse. Yeah, sure. Why oh, not? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Mm. I think that's I think interesting. Absolutely. And um, mm. the she one should. Maybe maybe um, maybe Billy Bob and uh, Polk help carry Biggs to the orphanage. That's mm. my guess. Oh, it's very much possible cool. because they know what's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Rumor has it that the plate's gonna drop. That's what the rumors say. Yeah. Really? That's yep. the rumor from the Wu Tai spy. Yeah. That's what, that's what TJ says in the trailer. In yeah. but only the uh, Japanese version. In the English version, we don't hear yeah, really about wow. the details there. Yeah. It just says uh, you, you should you should go um, go elsewhere or leave this place because rumor has it that something's going down or something. But in 
in the Japanese version, they actually mention, uh, I'm not, I don't remember the exact quote, but something about uh, plates gonna fall or something. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Imagine, that'll be crazy. I'm excited. So do you want to yeah. just come out and say what you think, uh, who you think this character is? is? Yes. <laughs> just think, Avalanche Supply Officer. Barrett talks about Nelly being the quarter quartermaster, and she's close to Jesse. They don't look alike, but people still mistake them as sisters. Oh. And Nayo is taking care of fake IDs, and Jesse also deals with IDs, but she never says she crafted the IDs. She only says that she has them or got the IDs or something like that. So she could have gotten them from. Her best friend, Nelly, a.k.a. Nayo, the code name. Ooh. Wow. Yep. <laughs> so, and just something about this, co this uh, quote as well. Um, I really like this quote. This team-up will be the bridge to the future. I just know it. Which makes sense in, term in terms of Avalanche and Utai's um, cooperation against Shinra. So this... Mm -hmm. Uh, this, what they're up to, their team-up, will be the bridge between Avalanche and Wutai to the future of defeating uh, Shinra. Something along those lines. And it's also really meta, because this team-up, which means intermission, is a bridge to the future. It's a bridge between part one and part two of the remake. Literally. Ah. So. That makes sense. Wow, if that ends up happening, like that'll blow my mind. I'll just be like, <gasps> like my mind can't... <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it tracks uh to me I um and also you know the in chapter 1 uh Jesse makes reference to a a friend mm -hmm. um, right correct you know that that has access to codes and I just wouldn't be surprised if if that ends up being the connection and um we know that they're in hiding also yeah because uh they are all of them in the in the um, Japanese version of the um, of the press release, it does it uses almost the same exact language for they are hiding in the Sector Seven slums right now, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's exactly. probably it says, because of yeah yeah probably because of the reactor uh, five bombing yeah um, yeah reactor number but, one uh, and five both yeah yeah and um, and so it, them using a code name um, isn't super far off. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if if you know this ends up being um, this ends up being the same three characters, um, and we'll we'll go over the rest of the characters when we get there. But yes, um, that's a good point. The, yeah. the the bridge to the future uh, line is really interesting. It threw me off, and I spun out on it for you know, um, <laughs> several several hours as I'm as I'm prone to do when when they drop cryptic stuff that involves yeah. destiny, mm -hmm. etc. And and um, <laughs> And so yeah. you're spiraling. <laughs> Spir yeah, I'm going down the meta spiral. I can feel I can feel the voices in my head of of you know all my that happened to be after the ending of the first of like remake. Oh, I was yeah. just fell into like a YouTube hole and I was just like spiraling <laughs> out of control. Somebody but, like somebody yeah. give me certainty, please. <laughs> somebody save me. <laughs> Sleep easy. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving on to our next character, Billy Bob. Yep. All right, so we got Billy Bob. 
Um, he says Midgar has Shinra victims too. Don't forget that. So a member of the main avalanche branch, he was born in the slums. Although he is extremely experienced compared to the other members who are hidden away in the Sector 7 slums, he doesn't put his experience to work and instead has a very laid-back personality. He's very good with alcohol and can drink as much as he wants without getting drunk. Okay. Uh, he apparently collects his intel from people at bars. So, super interesting. Um, the English article says, By far Avalanche's most experienced member, though you wouldn't know it from his laid-back attitude. Um, you'll often find him knocking back a few at the local bars, um, all while secretly gathering intelligence for the organization. So, do you want to go first, Fizz? Yeah. You already said it. All while secretly gathering intelligence for the organization. Mm -hmm. What does Barrett say about Al? The intel guy. Hmm. <laughs> and he, uh, he also um, gets around with girls, always has a a, a flower bouquet <laughs> with him to to seduce him. Also tried this with Tifa, but then got got gotten got beaten into yeah. a pulp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what the Japanese version says. Um, so he likes Tifa. Goes to bars to gather information. Seventh heaven, anyone? Ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Billy Bob, which. He's an experienced, experienced member, but you wouldn't know. So he basically puts on a facade of some someone who's not really worth looking at or um, getting suspicious from or of. So Billy Bob is just, hmm. just another name there. Nothing to see here moving on. But it's actually L, the Intel guy. Hmm. Yep. And you mentioned Je Jesse uh, babysitter before in chapter one. And she right. also says that that he, she they got the code uh, from someone she knows, but uh, because no one else at command would talk to them, so right. it's probably the the liaison for for Jesse is most likely Nelly because they're so close. But Nelly, of course, yeah. can just get the code from uh, Billy Bob or Al. From so, Al, yeah, mm. yeah. Ali Bob. Ali Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, I also like that he has his he has his his little indicator, his badge hidden on his belt. I think that's a, oh, that's a okay. fun, fun detail about the character that makes him sort of fit as a Intel guy, somebody kind of secret. He mm -hmm. also bears a, a passing resemblance to shears from before. Oh, crisis. right. You, you have, a, you have some, not, there. A, yeah, not yeah. enough, not enough mm -hmm. to like pin him down. He also looks like Axel from, um, not Axel, yeah. sorry, from, <laughs> uh, yeah, from, uh, from kingdom hearts but um and you know like the the uh i'm 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 missing the organization member that he looks like but it's not axel my bad um it's uh he's also got um, uh, vexen I the wrong it's vexen yeah he's got yeah. the wrong color hair to be shears but he's got the same mm. bandana yeah he's got the same side profile i mean he he looks like he could be an older dyed haired shears which would which if that ended up happening that would that they would, they would also blow my mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my friend Sleep Easy would. I think he would. He would literally die. He is so desperate <laughs> to have um have Before Crisis be like yeah. majorly featured here. And, yeah, me too. Um, to and some I'm extent, too, yeah. I am too. Uh, I think I think it might be the best part of the compilation. Um, 
and I'm, I'm really excited that they're going to get to revisit that yeah i can't wait yeah definitely and mm. um you know the the other thing about the guy that um i find interesting is is him being the um you know sort of voice of of shinra being you know uh shinra having its own victims in mm-hmm. this too um mm-hmm. i think that points to you know maybe his his you know maybe because he's older and he's seen you know how how yeah. there's experience makes you see that um you know there's all these casualties on all side everybody's exactly. just doing what they think is right mm-hmm. um, yeah but it also it connects to tifa because tifa is generally that voice True. in remake yeah. and if they have had some heart to hearts you know that involve you know um uh, flower shenanigans that didn't mm. go well uh <laughs> if, if he is in fact al maybe that that you know rubbed off on 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 her a little bit and with her it's like even more of a dramatic i mean we don't know Al's yeah. backstory but it's very dramatic considering what happened to tifa tifa mm. lost tifa lost a lot too practically yeah, everything to shinra yeah yeah absolutely so yeah um but i think it's interesting that he might he might be a way for that theme to carry into intermission yeah uh, mm-hmm. because i think that is an important theme that needs to be part of the overall um overall narrative throughout all this and it just it gave me hope that intermission isn't just going to be like oh we get to play tifa and then learn which 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 stamp is going to be the real one moving <laughs> forward it's it's also yep it's also part of final fantasy 7 Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it it pushes forward the narrative. So I was excited to see that line in particular, almost more than any of the other lines, strangely. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it also really fits well uh, to a line that's also in the, I think it's in, it's in the Japanese only. Because in, in the uh, English version of the Avalanche's description, it's not that uh, apparent. But in the Japanese, it says, unlike Barrett's branch, who chose the radical means of blowing up reactors, Avalanche wants to liberate Midgar from the Shinra company while protecting the lives of its citizens. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that Billy Bob or Al is uh, one of the bigger voices who wants it to be this way. They just want to liberate the people from Shinra's grasp, like from the company itself, but all the people that are working for Shinra don't really contribute to the evilness or unwill- uh, unknowingly contribute they should also be saved. Mm-hmm. Like the Shinder middle manager, for example, and all those poor people working overtime because of the platefall. Yeah, I hope the connection is there because they did take time to kind of show us the inside, you know, and the look at like a glimpse into um, the Shinra employees' yeah, lives exactly. just through those NPCs and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know what I mean? Which was super interesting to me and it kind of gave it a different layer you know because it's true and in the original you don't necessarily feel nope bad for you're just like shinra's bad like doesn't matter like think about all these people that died i felt bad about it i felt guilty about it when i was playing it but a lot of people didn't they just were like oh well you know what i mean and then on to the next thing Mm. there is a tiny little bit of that in the original as well like we Mm -hmm. scared the the lady at the the reception desk a little bit then there's a other scared person i don't not sure if it's a woman or a man in the elevator when you take Mm -hmm. uh, the the hard route or hard the loud route so to speak there's also someone uh, getting into into the the elevator and is scared and then uh, runs out uh, when the door opens next time and something similar happens in the remake but of course much much bigger 
There, yeah. There's this, this just this normal guy, middle age, maybe in his forties or something, just gets in into the elevator, talks on his phone with his mom. Yeah, mom, it's all everything yes. is all right and stuff, and then gets out again, and it really hits hard for the, for the other characters, especially Tifa. And the other one, the other uh, accountant lady who Cloud scares to death with his uh, tip of the sword right <laughs> oh, yeah. in front of her nose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny, but it's also kind of, yeah, okay, are we the bad guys here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But they did take some time here to talk about, like, his drinking, so yeah. I feel like that's going to be a part of it. Yeah, and and I'm, like... His inability to get drunk is suspect. This is to a me. suspect one. Yeah. yeah, that was suspect yeah. to me as well. Yeah. yeah. How, how's he doing that? Is he a, is he a reunion clone? Is the Genova oh. cells oh. prevent mm. him from getting drunk? Okay. I, I'm not being serious. Or not maybe he just pretends to drink alcohol and doesn't, and the other yeah. ones do, and that's why that's how he gets the intel. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's gaslighting him. Yeah. yeah exactly. But it could be like he just drinks he has drank like his whole life so he just has worked up a resistance to it or that yeah i don't know because isn't he supposed to be more experienced and older you know so older i don't yeah hopefully because experience mostly also means older a little bit but he doesn't look that old maybe i don't think he looks that old but maybe if you zoom in i did and it still doesn't look old he looks (laughs) okay he looks 40 in square enix what true true yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, he looks like the same age as Scarlet. Or Sid. Mm, okay. Sid is, tw- is 32. Yeah. Sid in Advent Children looks uh, pretty young, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm. these are characters that are older than me IRL, or that are younger than me mm-hmm. IRL, yeah. so I would hope that, you know... Yeah, they true, just, true. <laughs> they look like children, okay? <laughs> yeah, same. All right, guys? Even I surpassed Barrett by this point, so... <laughs> Oof. Yeah. But yeah, so I just feel like it's super um, interesting that he's talking about gathering intel at the bar. You know, people are drinking and people speak more freely as well because once they, you know, start drinking alcohol, people don't, you kind of like let your guard down, you know, and you're talking about these things that you normally wouldn't necessarily talk about Mm -hmm. um, when you're under the influence or you just kind of, you know, you're drinking, having a casual drink here and there, but and I think that he's, you know, eavesdropping on um, these people. And I got, hopefully we get a scene, you know, where he's gathering this intel um, and then reporting back to the group. That would be awesome. Or obviously we wouldn't get a scene in this probably that him showing up at Seventh Heaven. But it sounds like there's a connection there potentially. Mm. And like Baby Seal, you said between him and Tifa, that would be super cool, actually. Um, when I'm thinking about it, that there's a connection there potentially. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. And um, yeah, so our next character is Poke, I guess. Um, here's what he says. So you're bored? How about playing Fort Condor? So a member of the main Avalanche branch, he was born into the slums. He's the youngest member of the Sector 7 Avalanche branch in hiding. Everyone treats him like a younger brother. And even though they make fun of him, he's adored by them. In regards to devising strategies, he's super into the popular strategy game called Fort Condor. Mm. So the English press site article says he's the Avalanche's youngest uh, member. Hoke is sort of the younger brother of the team, so he's loved and teased. Accordingly, he's passionate about Fort Condor, which is, it says explicitly here that it's a board game that has taken the Undercity by storm. 
So it says here that it is a board game because I think some people on Twitter, I think when this was announced, were thinking it was like a video game mm. in the game and that this was kind of the people, you know how people get like online, yeah. right? So people were <laughs> basically saying that this is like Fort Condor has been taken out of the yeah. other parts and now it's just yeah. going to be a game, like a yeah. mini game or a game within the game. And it's just the story has changed completely from, you know, the original and right. it just goes to show that they're yeah. feeling us and blah, blah. No, that's not anywhere. It's just literally like a sentence. And it, <laughs> I think it's super cool, you know, that potentially if it is a, a mini game, that would be super cool. I'm interested mm-hmm. to see, you know, what we get if it is a mini game or not. Maybe it's a, it's a mini game um, that's being poured out of the game and into the real world, like a, uh, yes. a game for, for a, uh, uh, how do you say it, mobile, mobile game, just for fun. Don't you guess that guys have phones? <laughs> <laughs> no it was just, i was just kidding but yeah um no i hear you yeah now i i yeah that sets a whole other thing with with this uh fort condor that uh, there are so many possibilities either it's um it's just a cool reference and we don't see it it's just name dropped mm-hmm. or it's actually there like visible but we can't play it or it's actually a new mini game maybe in the dlc in part two in gold saucer or have you. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or what's also possible, other people have said that this might be a, a, prop, a piece of propaganda for Shinra, like oh. pro Shinra stuff mm-hmm. uh, with the Fort Connor battle and, th- th- and stuff. But I have a different idea. A board game that has taken the Undercity by storm. Mm-hmm. Not Midgar itself, just the Undercity. What if this mm-hmm. is made by Avalanche to uh, make awareness for Shinra's shenanigans at Fort Condor. Yeah, yeah. Like the others, yeah. other way around. That's why uh, Poke is also so uh, enamored with this board game. If it's Shinra propaganda, he probably wouldn't be. Hmm. I fully agree, and um, I think that uh, that it may have even been a. Um, you know, like a tower defense game that was put by, put forward mm-hmm. by Shinra, but um, you know, sort of reworked, um, you know, by the Undercity, or, or like that, something yeah. about it that, yeah, that made made um, you know, the underdog be able to survive or win. Um, regarding whether or not this, you know, the impact this has on on the story, couple things. Um, it is one, it like like. Carosa said it's just a sentence. Like yep. let's let's relax. Um, <laughs> uh relax internet uh collectively. Uh but okay, so let's let's run this all the way to its let's let's run a reductio ad absurdum on this. <laughs> let's say that let's say that it it does mean that the tower defense portion of the game is now just this board game that can be played in Midgar and maybe um, if if the let's say it shows up in the the DLC in Intermission and it's really really fun and successful, um, like it's a part people like, it'll probably make its way into part two. There's no mm-hmm. reason for it not to. For sure. Um, so you know, let like let's not let's not freak out about that. Um, it doesn't mean that the location is gone. You know, the yeah. Fort Condor still, I mean, there's um, 
you know, it's got all this Phoenix symbolism. It's got the huge materia mm-hmm. involved. Exactly. So, um, you know, if they took took it out as a location, they would have to relocate that. And it didn't have much to it outside of the tower defense game, so they could just make it a location you can go to, talk to mm-hmm. an old guy, and then, um, you know, get the huge materia from it. It's not a high overhead thing for them to do. That being said, it is one of the... I did find it interesting. It is... It is one of the few locations that's not um, referenced as outside of as a location outside of Midgar in the World Preview book. Oh, um, okay. That came out with with the release. Whereas most other locations that we you know are definitely for sure looking forward to are, um, and so you know I can see it either being um, you know kind of reduced in its its geographic importance and then we kind of do the tower defense stuff in in you know the dlc or in minigame type thing and then just it's sort of this this looming giant condor in the distance um or or if it's scrapped completely i mean of all the places to scrap i just don't know if that would be a deal breaker for me you know and i just you know if if it if they're gonna scrap some locations Let's face it, that's pretty high on the list of inconsequentials. Like if you need to hit some kind of story quota, as long as you like as long as you can find a way to get that huge materia, you're really not a you're not like demolishing the story with making that, you know, mm-hmm. go away. Um but um yeah, and I there are more things to say about Polk. Um, and so I'll let other people say that and then, and then I'll, I'll talk about that. But as far as Fort Condor goes, I think one, it's probably still there Two, if it is there and it's a reduced, you know, reduced deal, nothing of value lost three, if it's just gone, we'll survive. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you there, but I also yeah. have an idea that it's, that this uh, Fort Condor scenario will might have been expanded upon or will be expanded upon like mm-hmm. really re- reworked into the, the main story and also with uh, avalanche wutai and yuffie for that matter yeah and the, the mini game might not be there anymore like it was in the original but like it's it, it, we have to repel shinra troops in a different way kind of like, mm-hmm. like it might be real yeah, like we're actually there running around the battlefield and then engaging in certain battles. Oh, it's like Dynasty Warriors. Like kind it's of, a different yeah. minigame when you're there. Yeah. yeah. It's it's more like <laughs> you you actually use the battle system and normal exploration um field system. That would be awesome. And I think there so... was something similar in Final Fantasy VI, I believe, where you had to like all those oh, right, different right. paths, you had to avoid the the other Magitech troopers and you could battle mm-hmm. them, but you could also avoid them. Something like that, but remade, of course. And then this this old minigame is just uh reworked now fully working at a little bit faster paced minigame that is still fun but doesn't yeah. detract from the actual story and the story can be expanded upon and it could be a whole whole chapter just just for fort condor if they want to so i i hope it goes into this direction yeah that'd be cool yeah that's what i was thinking as well it could be like it's it's a board game which ends up being a mini game like a mini strategy game for everybody and then it's like getting you ready for so that they know what to do when they get to Fort Condor like and it actually happens in real life like it it actually mm-hmm. happens 
Does that make sense? That would be way cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, I would be really there for that. Um, <laughs> but I'm also not getting my hopes like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Getting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. I can hope, but still, I my expectations are low. That it means it's there. We can go there to just chat a little bit, learn about Shinra stuff, and mm-hmm. it's just happening mm-hmm. in the background. We don't really see it or experience it. Maybe get some new materia, can buy some stuff, some new armlets, and then on to tune on. That's the lowest bar for me. The low on lowest. On to getting Yuffie. Yeah, <laughs> on to getting Yuffie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. To chase her down in the and woods. And that's why people, I think, were saying, like, this is what this DLC is kind of replacing the Fort Condor mission, I feel, because, like, the. Like, oh. she's there to get the ultimate materia, mm-hmm. which ends up, it's just the huge materia that we're supposed yeah. to be getting at, like, Fort Condor, and now Fort right. Condor is a minigame, so that doesn't even happen anymore, because it's basically been replaced with this DLC mission, and then it makes more sense when we actually meet Yuffie, like, and get her as a party member in part two or whatever, and that we don't have to go there to do the minigame, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you could skip it, actually, you don't need to go there at, in the beginning, you go back later when the story asks you to go back to get the, the huge material. Yeah. But now that wouldn't even happen. So that's that's a potential as well. But mm-hmm. I, I can would see like the train of thought, it. but I don't really see it happening because it's just not too much linked to each other besides the huge material. Huge material quest yeah. still happens. So why not uh, get the huge material that's there? And the huge material quest can kind of be foreshadowed here in this DLC. Hmm. I think that would be imagine it's kind sense. of like a um imagine it's like a um what is it called like a crossover event between like this game and uh the first soldier or something like I don't oh. know <laughs> <laughs> so like the events of that happened in that game, I don't know just thinking like tower defense and then they're you know giving us this mobile game and all this stuff so anyways yeah why but, not yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would definitely I would put solid money on crossover stuff happening (laughs) for sure and um, between the mobile games and the main series games and maybe even the mobile games and non non main series titles like non Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy titles because I mean remember 15 had an Assassin's Creed crossover event you know yeah F of fourteen as that well. That was that was so weird. And then fourteen, yeah, you can you can fight <laughs> near bosses in fourteen right now. You know, yeah, like that's it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a free for all. But I would not be surprised if we see something in um and even even weirder than you think, um, Square IPs that are doing doing better. I'm not saying that we're gonna see, you know, like Genesis and Yeah Ball on Wonderworld or Wonderland or whatever <laughs> it is. Um although that'd be great. Um <laughs> But but maybe 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 Outriders or something will have uh, some Final Fantasy mm-hmm. stuff in it. Yeah, some yeah. some soldier skins or what whatever. Yeah, Genesis coat. Yeah, the world is called Enoch. You know that uh, mm. that that they're on, and Enoch is basically the Goder Damarung of Genesis. Like oh. if you were to look at them, um, you know it's it's essentially a. Um, retelling of the biblical creation mm-hmm. it's like go to oh, Demeron yeah. is yeah. is to is to you know the poetic edda what enoch or one enoch is to the book of genesis so 
if there were ever to be like a remake version of Genesis that was in some parallel, you know, kind of mm-hmm. timeline and they named it Enoch, you would know why. It's he got Godard Amrunged. Yeah. Which is a new verb that just I came up right now. Go to Damerung. I love it. Yeah. Say that a couple <laughs> times fast. Go to Damerung. Good job. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Genesis is sleeping for three years uh, below Metcar anyway, so w- while sleeping, it could have visited other worlds. Outer worlds. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, through whatever weird. Numerism they come up with. <laughs> yeah. Isn't isn't Cloud appearing in Tactics canon? Like while he was in the live stream, he went into Tactics worlds. I think this this is actually canon. It's a, it is is as far as I can remember. Canon in the Ultimania. Yeah. The Ultimania explicitly says that it mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. I mean, but you know, it doesn't take away, has, so it's fine. Canonicity has such a has such a power that yeah. that I think it can be used in a. Uh, sort of deceptive way mm. just because it was mentioned that that cloud showed up in final fantasy tactics in the ultimania doesn't mean that it's like anything other than referential but mm. yeah it, but it, but ultimanias do have a tendency to be very careful about what they include like you don't see a bunch of references to say dissidia in yeah in, yeah um, that's true in the ultimanias so it was it was an odd thing that they chose to do that so hmm. I think that's why hmm. people have put it in their various iceberg theories. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably the yeah. lore, yeah. Yeah. So All who's right. Polk? Yeah, who's Polk? Yeah, Polk. <laughs> yeah, I just said that I think that he looks like a cool character, and I do like that they took time to kind of represent this age grouping as well, you know, um, because we had a lot of little children in, in the remake, like little mm, kids you know right, what i mean yeah, but yeah. some teenagers yeah. i guess but yeah in the um oh my gosh where you do the mini games you know like the chocomog and um yeah in sector like five the, and yeah 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 so you know i do like this and um and i like the fact that they did incorporate that he's kind of like into this game which is super mm-hmm. relevant and i feel like people will be able to relate to his character a lot so Totally. And I like his character design. Um, and you see kind of the resemblance as well with the same colors as uh, Ziche or Jiche. Jiche, yeah. Kind of looks similar. They have the same color pants, the same color. Yeah, similar. He's wearing a jacket, but it's like the same color of a shirt, but his shirt's tucked in. Maybe you know? it's just because, because he takes Jiche uh, as his mentor or oh, idol or be. something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he it's hard to say maybe 16 18 or something at the most mm-hmm. so yeah. maybe he even uh tries to hit on yuffie or something i don't know <laughs> same age group <laughs> i guess so who knows oh my god <laughs> but yeah um yeah. since we deemed nayo nelly and billy bob being l the only one left uh, who barrett mentions is finn Mm-hmm. And Finn is this kid, uh, good for nothing. Who doesn't doesn't really do what you tell him. Besides, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to drawing, he draws right. all the stamps, and it's what he loves to do. And this really kind of sounds like similar to Pork, right? He's also a right. kid. He's not really um, the the guy who like the 
the one who chases uh, job after job. And he also says there, um, bore, you're bored? How about, how about playing Fort Condor? So, well, right. I'm bored. I don't want to do this. Let's just play Fort Condor. And while he's not uh, drawing, he probably just wants to play Fort Condor and the rest doesn't really interest him at all, maybe. But he's still mm -hmm. loved as a, as a little brother by the others, but also teased. And be, he's probably also being poked fun at. Mm. You see where I'm going with this? Mm. Interesting. He's being poked fun at. So, who knows? Maybe I'm still wrong, but it's just too, too much parallels. There are too much parallels, or too many mm -hmm. parallels. I agree. If, if they end up backpedaling on this, because, so, I mean, for, for broader context in, in Barrett's resolution scene, the, you know, there's these three characters in Avalanche that are not seen in the main game that are described with pretty surprising mm -hmm. detail. And, um, and, but they're given three names that don't appear in any of the trailers. And, uh, when the, when this press release came out and we got these three names, while none of them were Nellie Finn or Al, um, instead what we got were descriptions of characters mm -hmm. that were so on the money Yes, um, <laughs> for these characters that it made it feel, it made it feel like very, very obvious that these are in fact code names. And, um, and Finn, you know, being being this unruly child that uh uh you know won't do what you tell him, but and then this guy being like this obsessed with this game. And it's a board game and a lot of board mm -hmm. games, um, you know, like let's say it's something like a, a games workshop game where you paint the pieces or you oh, right, you know, yeah. there's art that art that is involved in creating the, the board game. Maybe that's how he uh, learn to draw or he um you know he draws pieces on here mm -hmm. because uh you know he is of course the person that provides the stamp graffiti mm -hmm. um that that we see throughout um uh, around midgar and so mm -hmm. um you know it's very it's very on character for him and then you know like this is said that the other characters they just have um too many similarities it just it seems like they're throwing it right in our face that that's who these people are and yeah. then throwing in that you know this is all um you know they're in hiding and yeah. um they might not necessarily dwell in sector seven that might not be their main base of operation maybe they're sector fiveites who knows you know mm -hmm. um and uh, they're just here for this period it could be very well to say that you know these are code names it just fits really well yeah Mm. Yeah, it really says they hide out in sector seven, but they are born in the slums. Doesn't say in which sector, so it's it's really yeah. possible. Yeah, definitely. Maybe they they were um, growing up in sector five with all the other kids in the orphanage, and then moved over to sector seven for avalanche stuff, or are just are relocating all the time. Who knows? Mm -hmm. It's also possible. And you had a good idea about paint painting or matching the painting with the board game. Uh, I'm not too much into Warhammer 40k, but I also <laughs> hear that there's a, a huge um, figure painting culture there. So... Oh yeah, some people are more into that part of the culture than, than the yeah. actual game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Fort Connor being a board game, all those pieces could, could be like just mm. unicolored 
and he paints them beautifully. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that that that's exactly yeah, and that's who Games yeah. Workshop is. They make Warhammer. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay, right, right. Yeah, and so so yeah, I I think that wouldn't be way way off off base of an opportunity. There might mm-hmm. be a stamp piece, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Man, if stamp and and if we get like a a little screenshot of what like the Fort Condor game looks like, you know, in a teaser, and we see stamp in there, that's we'll know. Mm-hmm. We'll know for sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, Finn. Finn is is Polk after all. Mm-hmm. Watch him be three other completely people. They're just yeah. the ones in the helicopter that get shot down. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! But there, there is something else. Another detail I mentioned in a previous analysis video that all those names, Nelly, Finn, and L, I think, or or or, or is it only Nelly and Finn appear on the scoreboard? Of the dart, the dart scoreboard. So they're actively oh, there. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't think Al wow. is there. Probably because he doesn't play. Maybe. Maybe he just keeps drinking all the time and hmm. chatting <laughs> up the others. And, and because when he's playing, he's probably distracted. But uh, watches yeah. the others play, makes bets. <laughs> Who knows? That's a good point. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my my memory serves me right that Al is not on there, but Finn and Nelly are. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, and I don't know if that's from my own investigation or if I've just um, adopted your investigation into Maybe, mine from yeah. watching your analysis video. I, yeah. It all blends <laughs> together at this point. I'm having trouble like appropriately crediting people. Like I've 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 definitely credited the wrong person for things in the last <laughs> week. Yeah, uh, this sometimes yeah. happens to me as well. Not wrongly crediting, but sometimes just forgetting about something and then when i remember while editing i just add the name yeah yeah i mean it, it happened to me recently that i i was like hey do you remember when you said that thing you know and i was talking about a specific detail like a specific theory point and um and sleep easy was like no i never said that that was you like i forgot <laughs> that i said it i forgot that Interesting. I with it, so. <laughs> that's funny so yeah this this way age you guys get to look forward to this you you youngsters yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh boy. But yeah, this game is coming out in not that, I mean, like the Integrate's coming out so soon and it's such a great time to kind of go back and replay this game because I feel like there are so many things that I missed that now having talked to you and, you know, Baby Seal and other people as well in the community and everything, it's kind of like this, it's going to be a completely different experience. Like I'm just going to be so attuned to like finding these little Easter eggs and stuff like that, you know what I mean, on a different level than when I played it like normally because I did play it completely and then I started a hard playthrough and I didn't actually end up finishing it um, because I sold my PS4 to buy a PS5 and I haven't been able to get one. But oof, mm, yeah, it sucks. All the best to you. <laughs> <laughs> they did go. They did uh, just about poke again. So they did specifically say that in regards to devising strategies. He's into this board game. So it could be to me that, you know, it's like the team are there. They're trying to come up with a strategy and he might end up because he has this experience playing this game that he has like a good strategy. And maybe, you know, he offers it up and they end up taking that and using his strategy for some kind of thing that happens, I guess, in the story. And then it works or something. I don't know. Oh, maybe he maybe he's the one responsible for the plan on the board. On Uh, the board. It's on the wall. Yeah. 
yeah the one that the one that the party was supposed to take um, yep but ends up being taken by um or the one that that they were supposed to take but ends mm -hmm. up being like hijacked by cloud and co yeah sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds interesting i like that actually yeah. it makes sense yeah that's a good observation all right, so really quickly here. So, Viz, there were some differences in the translations between the press article and the Famitsu article. So did you want to go over the uh, differences in the translations, I guess? Mm -hmm, for sure, yeah. Um, Audrey also provided the, the translation from uh, Famitsu, but I also usually like to run the Japanese text through DeepL, which is a machine mm -hmm. learning AI translator. It's, re it's really good. Uh, most of the time, spits out uh, really natural-sounding translations. It's pretty good so far hasn't failed me really so far um so i'm going off this but it's it's basically the same in co uh, the content from others translation and the, the deep l translation so it doesn't really matter which one but between the official english article on square enix's website and the Fominsu article there were a few let's say uh crucial differences at least for me and I'm all for the details. Others would probably say, well, that's not really um, of much importance. But the first one is that the most powerful materia they plan to steal is said to be developed by Shinra in uh, the Japanese version. So it's not um, the proto-materia or something else oh, okay. natural. It's actually a materia developed by Shinra. And that's also hmm. why I came up with the huge materia. And also in in comparison or in, in conjunction with uh, the scene where Scarlet tries to uh, create materia, probably also huge materia or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, I, I don't know why they left out this detail that it's developed by Shinra and not just a powerful material that Shinra has, which could be anything. Yeah, Kind of like uh, this um, this fact about cloud coming to Sector 7 slums uh, two days before, the day before yesterday, as, as Marl says, or asks him. But in, in the English version of the game, you don't know when Cloud arrived. You only know that uh, mm. the day before yesterday is... Um, or No, yesterday was the bombing run, the evening, and the day before yesterday means just uh, a day before Cloud arrived. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes sense. It makes much, much more sense in, in Japanese. And there is also, throughout the whole game, so many references and nuances are getting lost because of the English translation into English or the English localization, like references to uh, the original game, sometimes even exact, um, uh, exact dialogue lines, or maybe sometimes even references to... To, to some happenings in the uh, compilation lore, what have you, just some tiny little things. And also Jessie being an actress, you don't really know that until you, you the game tells you that she mm -hmm. is. But in, in the Japanese version, in the beginning, in uh, chapter one, when Jessie falls while they're escaping, um, I think there's something about uh, she, she tried to play uh, how to fall so, like she she pretended oh, to fall okay. and and uh, like she was performing yeah performing and cloud says nice performance or something like that i don't remember the exact words but that's interesting even there it alludes to her being an actress and in the english version it just completely gets lost and this is hmm. a shame and 
This apparently also happens to uh, articles here. Now, the, the next one, uh, I probably should move this one to to the end because this will okay. cause some discussion. <laughs> uh, I al already touched on, on this about more nuance about um, Avalanche's plans, or not plans, but uh, their philosophy about liberating Midgar, like liberating all of the citizens and protecting them, not just mm -hmm. bombing the place to bring them down like Barrett does. And it also says, in order to establish relations with the provisional government of Wutai, they cooperate in the operation to take the ultimate material. This is, uh, I think, an additional line, which wasn't there in mm -hmm. the English one. There's also a name change. It's not that big of a deal, but in English, the uh, Yuffie's ability is called Elemental Ninjutsu, and in Japanese, it's Ninjutsu Change. So it's... It makes sense. It may, it, it's the same in general, but it's, again, it's, it's nuanced a little bit. It's just, you, you change yeah. the ninjutsu style, and in English it's just, oh, it's, it's elemental ninjutsu. I think, I personally um, prefer the Japanese version here. Mm. And also the, the character quotes we covered before were also missing from the English article, unfortunately. And some bios were a little bit extended. For example, the one from yes. Nayo, where they're talking about her preparing the fake IDs. This mm -hmm. line was also completely missing from the English article, which is a shame, actually. Maybe they wanted to um, hide spoiler that she is Nelly, maybe. And the Japanese oh, don't really pretty. care, but the English ones thought, ah, hmm. that's, that's too much on the nose, let's just remove that. <laughs> maybe. Hmm. Yeah. And it's also interesting that Fort Condor is dubbed a board game only in the English version. In Japanese, there's, yeah. as far as I can tell, no board game mentioned. Just that it's a game, or maybe strategy game, as Audrey put it. But yeah, that's it's a it. strategy game. Yeah. And now, something that's also completely missing from the English uh, version. Well, not completely missing, but it's, it has been completely changed. In English, it says, but unbeknownst to Yuffie, things are about to take a very unexpected turn. Well, this is just a generic, mysterious line. But in Japanese, it says, Guided by the cries of the planet, the wheels of a new destiny begin to turn. The world that you see with your eyes, the screams that you hear, have not reached your friends. What do you guys think about those lines? What could we think about that? It's just, <laughs> just nonsense. No, um, <laughs> it, uh, no, it's, it's, one of those things that got me uh, on the couch spinning in my head yeah. in the metaverse for <laughs> so two hours. Spiraling like out of control. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it, it, it has these callbacks to um, things that Aerith says mm -hmm. when talking, to, talking about Sephiroth. Um, but it, it also, like, you know, there's this potential that, you know, this is about so this this line, by the way, is for the intergrade, um, intergrade Famitsu article, right? So the second line is intermission specific, I think. Okay, so the second line is intermission specific. So if it's intermission specific, then that means that possibly we're, you know, talking about something with Yuffie and mm -hmm. Sonon, mm -hmm. maybe. 
Um, or, you know, like I've heard people say, does this mean that Yuffie's not going to be in the main game? Like, you know, just crazy <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's so, so beautifully vague that it's impossible to, to kind of nail down a, um, nail down something. I do just, the, the thing that I keep coming back to is that it does, it does seem to like serve whatever meta narrative is happening with, mm. you know, the live stream Aerith. Uh, cries of the planet and i think Mm -hmm. it's just it's reframing what's happening in the in the intermission um you know exposition through the framework of that language i don't i don't necessarily think that like it's it means too much Mm -hmm. but um i think that it chose that language uh specifically because of whispers cry to the planet cries of the planet mm, yeah uh, probably yeah Aerith being an ability Aerith saying that sephiroth or you know that uh darkness in general like the the forces that are antagonizing them are incapable of hearing mm-hmm. um you know the screams of the you know the screams of pain etc that's yeah. that's kind of i don't know how else to interpret it than that um without being way too tinfoil hat (laughs) yeah i i have some thoughts for you but first a little bit more context uh just to be uh perfectly clear about everything the first line guided by the cries of the of the stars blah blah or or the uh, the planet this line has existed in the description of um yuffie's dlc when integrate first dropped the first um trailer and stuff okay and the second line has been added for the intermission announcement but both are uh, right beside each other and within the main description of intermission and here the whole thing says in uh, the deep l translation of the japanese version in the midst of the chaos in midgar after the explosion of number one reactor the shinobi under the secret orders of wutai make their covert move yuffie the girl in the moogle cloak and her trusty sidekick sonon their target is the ultimate material developed by the shinra company with the help of the original, Avanel- original avalanche, they enter the enemy territory to take revenge for their homeland. And then, guided by the cries of the stars or the planet, the wheels of the new destiny begin to turn. The world that you see with your eyes, the screams that you hear have not reached your friends. And that's the whole paragraph, like the whole uh, section, mm-hmm. which is uh, div- uh, divided into uh, different sentences. And the second line is... Separate, you know, it's on a separate line, uh, especially. And the first line is together with um, another, like the t- what what they actually do with the help of the orig- original avalanche. They enter main territory, yada yada yada. So mm. the context is really weird, I'd say. So like the first line refers to Yuffie, and the second line is completely different. However, even the first line doesn't make too much sense. Unless they deem Yuffie a new destiny. But why is it a mm. new destiny? Yuffie ex- existed in the original game as well. And even her adventure here could have happened in the original game. We just don't see it. It, it sure, doesn't contradict yeah. the timeline any, in any way. So why talking about a new destiny begins to turn? Is she st- that much important for like... Uh, changing destiny or helping to change destiny or something what what other character can you remember which can be deemed a new destiny where the wheels start to turn which could be guided by the planet 
Can you think of someone? Hard question, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Guided by the planet, new destiny. Are are I mean, I think I think I know what you're saying and um I think um I'm wrong. I think it means that we're going to get a uh we're going to have to get real comfortable with everybody's favorite poem about um forestalling returns <laughs> and the a, a moral barren of promises. Um well, you know, Genesis is a champion of the planet. Um mm -hmm. At this point, because uh, Minerva is, was yeah, sort definitely. of the yeah, uh, Minerva made him his champion. So I, yeah, Genesis comes to mind whenever I hear "Guided by the Cries of the Planet," <laughs> the wheels of a new. So I, I just, but I figured hmm. there, there's a lot of Genesis to cover in this. So um, I think I'll, 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 if that's what you were going at, I'll, uh, I'll reserve Genesis talk for. Um, the genesis segment of this conversation mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um well before we talked about genesis possibly or hopefully or most likely not really being in this dlc right and to be to be perfectly honest i wasn't thinking about genesis here oh yeah do you know something else a new destiny that hasn't existed before or well oh, did but not really um Zach. Yes. Because <laughs> he's now alive. Yeah, Every, everyone's uh, bane of existence. Yeah. And according to my theories and some uh, other people, the Whispers were responsible for his survival. So for if they're responsible, then they're also guiding Zach. Because, sure, hmm. yeah. Just uh, by pure logic. The wheels of a new destiny begin to turn. Um, yep, it's a new destiny. They begin to turn and uh, we don't really know where it's going. And then the second line. The world, had, the, the world that you see with your eyes, the screams that you hear, have not reached your friends. Uh, whose friends? And when we're talking about Zack, yeah. he has friends. He has Aerith, he has Cloud, he has Tifa. Well, Tifa right. maybe just... Uh, um peripheral but still and the world that he sees with his eyes like after he survives the world that he sees this world is um new to him it's uh also new for everyone else because the whispers are defeated no one nobody knows where it's going mm, that's but a good this point. this world uh has not reached the friends yet because he's still in the past like two months or, some, or something I think uh, September twentieth right. uh, or something was it? I don't quite remember. It was September something. It would be it would be yeah. late September. Late September, yeah, September twentieth, I think. So it, there, there are still around two or two and a half months until Final Fantasy proper Final Fantasy Seven proper starts, right? Um, mm. Which is December 9th. Exactly, and yeah. that means the world that he sees has not have not reached a fr uh, his friends. He's this reality is not there yet. There still needs time to be there. And the screams that he, uh, that he hears, like the screams of the planet where, where while they, they scream around Sephiroth shenanigans and then they are defeated, has also not reached uh, the, the, his friends yet because they don't know about his existence. It's like he's also disconnected now. 
Maybe Aerith knows a little bit now, but that's debatable mm. in the ending. So Yeah, definitely. I thought about a lot huh. of things, but this makes for me the most sense without starting uh, piling on assumptions upon assumptions. Yeah. Well, I don't have really have anything else to be able to add because I... Your, your brain just broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like spiraling slowly. <laughs> to the abyss. <laughs> but it does totally make sense what you're saying, you know, and, and um, who knows, you know, mm. I feel like it's left open and this is very cryptic so that it could mean anything. And that's true. That's true. I'm all for that. I'm all for this potentially being Genesis as well. Like I, I'm open to it. I've never, I've, I, I can't believe I want this to be Genesis more than Zach. I never thought <laughs> in a million years. Yeah, because you I want would... Zach to die. Yeah. You know, I mean, is is that the right way to say it? Well, he needs to die for Cloud to be yes. who he is. There's going to be like a paradox. But from Cloud's perspective, he did die. Like, yeah. You know, yes. He, you know, so like the, his development's the same. It's for me what like the only way I could see them satisfyingly concluding Zach's Zach being alive is that what Zach is doing is he is doing his own thing that I don't know undoes or unravels this bizarre meta stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, like he does it alongside it and he ultimately sacrifices himself to mm. like undo whatever oh, okay. Sephiroth's bizarre whisper stuff is happening you know like um oh, you know, okay. he, that's the only way that I could see it being super satisfying but hey is it ma as imaginative as I think I am you never know what they could do they could come that up with true. something that surprises me and mm. and I like that's true you know yeah I could also be yeah. totally off on this and that's, it has nothing it to do sound, with Zach. It, you know, I'm going to be honest. I had, I had, I heard Zach stuff about it, and I just, my, I think my brain is just so biased against it. I was like, no, no, <laughs> no. way. And um, and hearing you go through that um, was r really upsetting. I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm upset because it it fits really well, and I'm like, God, you're mad. <laughs> dang it. You're welcome. Thank you, Fizz. Glad to have been of service. <laughs> No, I um I actually I'm I'm really impressed with uh your ability to break that down. That's you know, that's why we love you, Viz. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now I'm blushing. <laughs> Good thing is it's uh, an audio only <laughs> podcast. <laughs> audio only. We we don't have we don't get to see rude blushing. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Rude and double because I look similar to what Viz, True, how Viz yeah. looks like. <laughs> mm. Very similar. Double um, double blush, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just wait until they save Aerith so she doesn't die, and then her and Zach are mar get married or something. Just wait for that. Yeah, Cloud dies, and then Cloud dies, and Aerith and Zach uh, make make little children. One of them yeah, is then called Cloud, and the blondie. Up yeah, they her. rename him Cloud, and yeah. then he 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 goes in the past and ends up being Cloud's real life father. Yeah, exactly. Like the weirdest yes. grandfather paradox ever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. Good idea, Vince. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh, man, oh don't God. sleepy see me. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
All right, so going on to the last part of today's episode, um, we are going to talk about what the character reveals mean for the story of Intermission and the subsequent parts for Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I know that we did touch on this a lot just then and previously when we were talking about the characters as well. So I'm just quickly going to go through what I, what I had written here. So I said that I had read somewhere that they're trying to kind of retell or redo the parts of the compilation game stories and they're including them in remakes so that since like a lot of people may not have played the compilation games, um, not as many people had played those as played Final Fantasy VII OG. So they're taking the opportunity now to kind of um, get us comfortable with these characters that belong to the compilation uh, games and explain their stories and have a connection to them now so that later on there's like a connection, you know what I mean? So it's not as abrupt where there's like a disconnect and then they introduce these characters that no one's ever heard of like later on. I said sometimes the stories were kind of hard to understand or a little bit more convoluted and that it kind of divided the player base. I think at the time, and I, for me, like I have friends that played all of the compilation games and the original game, they love them. And then I have friends that absolutely despise them and they basically are like, that it's a stain on Final Fantasy (laughs) VII and it shouldn't be a part of it. And, And they choose to kind of forget about those games and only remember the original like game. And that's what, the game is to them it like the rest of the compilation don't exist i think that they can be effective in including the compilation stories throughout the way that they are doing it and the way that we've been kind of shown this um already i do like the way that they're doing it um i think that if they do it properly and they take the time they need to be able to um kind of retell these stories but i guess in a better way that's more accessible to everybody um i think that the potential there and the lore there does help yeah and i think that like in obviously we're seeing dirge of cerberus like confirmed right in in remake (laughs) and um i i really love the story actually of dirge of cerberus it's just that the gameplay for me wasn't enjoyable so i think that if we get vincent and they figure out a way to like you said baby seal just kind of like a way for the combat for vincent they improve it so it's not just like the way that it was i don't think it will be but if they can come up with something they can really nail it and I think that that will set the framework for like the combat and also fit into the story of the Dirge of Cerberus and, you know, interweaving that throughout um, Remake. And also, I hope that we get like a spotlight, you know, on Vincent and more background story in the subsequent parts as well. And, you know, because in the original, he's just kind of there, like in a casket and you're like, what? You know what I mean? When you're playing through it and then obviously you find out more when you play the compilation games. But I feel like it's going to be more effective, especially with Ever Crisis coming out in 2022. They're they're retelling all of these stories through that game. And then also with Remake, being able to play through that, it's like you're going to know these characters. You're going to know the stories there. So it's going to make sense. So you're not just completely lost. Like, what is happening? You know, because there's... This story is huge. It's very complex and it can be um, easy to kind of like not understand or grasp um, exactly what they were trying to tell, I think, in the compilation games <laughs> throughout the years of these games, you know, being released, which was before, you know, the internet. Uh, so, like, the original came out and, you know, looking online, even for me when I played the original and like the whole Zack story. I was so confused as a kid. Like, I was like, what? Like, what's happening? It wasn't until later when I actually 
figured everything out. And then it was like, oh, like it just that broke my mind at the time. And now we're just kind of getting to another level where it's even more like complex. You know, it's like, oh, you thought you didn't understand Zach. Well, let's wait here and see. Okay. So whispers and everything, like you said, mm. Zach is alive. Is he? Hmm, huh. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's crazy, and uh, I think that it can be done effectively, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, nothing makes a character easier to understand than time travel. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Especially when this this character is now alive and uh, shows up um, in, in the same DLC and chapter that you, where Yuffie's there and jumps in and saves the day and then disappears again. <laughs> All right, okay, we got it, Viz. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I agree that, um, I agree. Well, okay. So what does a character reveals mean for the story? I mean, and, um, and remake moving forward. Well, one, okay. I do just want to address this because here's a good place to address this. One of the things that confused me about the reveals was that it, it sort of upset my understanding of the timeline of events because all of the, all of the press release stuff, all the character bios seem to indicate that that Yuffie and Sonon showed up together. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. also and, what irks me, definitely. And and it, it in in the trailers it very clearly has, you know, uh Avalanche introducing Sonon to Yuffie. And mm-hmm. it's it so I guess the way that they could say it is that, you know, they came uh separate, but you know you know, or they were both sent by Goda or something, um, uh, but but took different you know paths to get there, and that's why they didn't know each other. Um, but it does, it, you know, there it's being presented as if they went on this journey together, and here they are. But there's that little detail where it's it, it looks like the game starts out, and Yuffie has never met Sonon. Sonon isn't mm-hmm. part of the party. She gets introduced to um, Sonon through events in the game. Um, so I, I hope that's reconciled in a satisfying way. I'm, you know, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope so as well. Yeah. There's just one little yeah. thing I want to add, uh, in, in the original game, Yuffie, um, went away from home, just, uh, ra- ran away from home to yes. take matters into her own hands and find mm-hmm. materia and bring back glory to Wutai. Here, it mm-hmm. seems like she, he's, she's just being sent by them. I have a feeling that uh... she might just play the part that she's actually ran away and then Goda or someone else sent Sonon after her and then oh. contacted Avalanche HQ to just say, oh, well, um, we sent her and there's another one and make sure they meet up and there's this mission. Kind of to cover I... up that that she she ran away and this this this, this rascal and maybe doesn't shine a, a good light on them because then they would mm. wouldn't have any control over their subordinates, so to speak, and would maybe oh, okay. endanger the uh, the, the um, connections they have with Avalanche. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yuffie Yuffie does very much seem like she's going rogue here because yeah. remember <laughs> she refers she refers to it as the new provisional mm-hmm. Wutai government, and who's making said provision? Goto's been in charge the whole time, so what's mm-hmm. new about it? So it almost sounds like yeah. a lie. Like, mm. I'm, hey guys, you're looking at Princess Kisaragi here, you know, yeah. uh, hook it up. <laughs> you know, so it's something, it, it, it does It does kind of track with what we know of, of her character. That does uh, so make far, sense. Yeah. Mm. 
in the trailer, doesn't she say, also, I just want to add, she says something to him about, doesn't she say, like, you're not my brother, or... I'm not your sister. sister, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe sister. he refers her to that, but then she is like, I'm not your sister, because I'm not part of that anymore, because she's rogue, right? Like, she doesn't feel like she belongs. I do believe she's rogue. I do believe she's rogue yeah. still. Like, I think it, that's it evident too, of that. It's too fit into her character, like... Mm-hmm. Um, she does what she kinda, wants yeah she does what she wants and um ever since i mean even in crisis court she's depicted that way mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm i'm of that mind I, I i think that that's that's kind of what is being depicted there is mm-hmm. is that there's some deception and that um um yeah so you know there's that i um i do really hope that you know, nothing in intermission is really going to be consequential to the main plot. Um, okay. Mm. I think I think I would like to see intermission and intergrade crack the door open on some mysteries a little bit so that people that are, you know, like the way that Final Mixes do. Like, you don't need mm, to right, have played yeah. it. If you play the mm. next game, it will cover that again. I don't want, uh, I don't want you to get, um, you know, exclusive information you're not going to understand overall yeah. down the line. Um, hmm. I think that's the best way to go with intermission. And and also, as far as Vice and um, and Deep Ground stuff, I think intermission is the best place, mm-hmm. best place for current party members to have any kind of interface with any of the characters of Dirge of Cerberus. And that includes yeah. Genesis. Like... Because really, they don't belong anywhere else in the, yeah. in the story. I, I don't see the additions of these characters adding value to the greater narrative. And okay. even, if they, even if they go off and veer in different directions, if things happen differently, my problem is, is character overhead, right? So each character's mm. development takes a certain amount of real estate in the development of the game. And even if the events play out differently, which they might, you know, I'm okay with that if they do. But... If you're adding these compilation characters on an already packed cast of characters, you know, like, yeah, we're talking main characters. We've got essentially the rest of the main characters mm-hmm. being at least partially introduced in the next part and existing characters getting major development arcs. Barrett yeah. and Tifa are both going to get major development arcs. Red Cloud 13 is going to well. get a major tell and Red 13 is going to get the entirety of his development going on. You know, so we've got the main nine characters getting, you know, taking up all this character real estate, plus all these characters we haven't met yet that we really want a ton more of. We all want so much Bugenhagen, it's crazy. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, like his casting is going to be a big deal for us, you know. So um, so the the issue I have with, and we know that Roche is going to be part moving mm. forward, so we're going to get more Roche. So we have these characters we're going to get more of. We're probably going to get on the way to a smile characters. We're probably going to get, mm. you know, maybe Evan Townsend and his mom. You know, um, we might get those characters in Nibelheim. So with all this preponderance of character development, that's really, and, you know, more Rufus and. Um, you know, all that stuff that, and Rufus is a big deal. You know, he's going to be a big, big deal, I think. And, um, all these characters need development. And so I would hope that this DLC can kind of draw a circle 
around references to these characters. Now, that being said, I think this DLC will have more references to these characters than we're seeing. In the initial Nomura interview, um, there is a boss, a final boss of Yuffie that is referenced that we have not seen yet. And mm. um, and it might end up being sewn on, you know, like some, oh, you know, okay. some super sexy Or sewn on sister as a, as a huge mutated monster. Or Sona, hmm. Sonon's sister is Shelky, you know, who knows? Uh I think I think we'll see Shelky. Uh like I'm I'm I would bet I would bet like actual money that Shelky is gonna be a uh prime primary antagonist. Um for a couple of reasons. One, she's just she makes an excellent foil uh, yep. to Yuffie. Uh and two, she's she's inexplicably showed up in Opera Omni. Uh, mm -hmm. the Dissidia game in the Japanese version. And for reference, like that game is really cast heavy on Final Fantasy VII characters to the point where people are complaining, like, hey, where are the rest of the Final Fantasy IX characters? And and where, you know, where are all these main characters? And like Red 13 isn't even a character yet. And so when <laughs> Shelk the Transparent shows up, everybody's like, why? Uh, this is why. It's to it's so you guys remember, hey, Shelk is a thing. Um, and when she shows up in, in intermission, you guys aren't going to be like, what, uh, that's, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident. And same with Genesis, Genesis, if he shows up in a referential fashion here, um, you know, um, I think that that would, that would serve the narrative more than anything. I think it would get people interested in, in mm -hmm. well, why is this here? And, you know, it would, it would relate well to ever crisis and, you know, um, you know, the ability to kind of look at some of those characters through the lens of Ever Crisis. I, I think it just serves the the greater everything. And finally, I think that, um, you know, my other, I think, craziest prediction uh, from all of this is that um, the Whispers will definitely, definitely, definitely make an appearance in mm. this, in intermission. Um, and that Yuffie will be able to see them. I think that all of the nine characters that that hmm. ultimately face Sephiroth in the end, because uh, nine is a big number symbol. Like there's a a lot of symbolism with the number nine. There's right. the nine realms um, of in Norse mythology. Oh right, that's, that's why true. There's, yeah. there's nine sectors, um, mm -hmm. nine reactors, because zero counts as a mm -hmm. zero through eight. Um, and you know, the final battle is, you know, always can be seen as this, um, this, this mixing of ideologies or this clash of ideologies, like old world mythologies, Norse mythology, the nine, you know, the, the party represents that. And then new world ideology, new world mythology, um, you know, uh, Judeo Christianity, Sephiroth and Genova, all of those having, you know, that kind of ideology associated with them so mm -hmm. that juxtaposition i think is really important so those characters are all important yuffie's one of the nine and so i think that she's going to be able to see the whispers i think it's possible she'll see the whispers and sonon won't okay i can see that yeah definitely i still don't know where this would happen where she would deviate the only part i can see is if they do um, witness plate fall in some fashion mm -hmm. and they are at plate fall heavily 
So that's the only thing I can rationally see. But the problem mm. is I have with the timeline that they might not be able to be there because they're in deep ground right now or during chapter 12. Okay. Unless they... Through they might show us a scene. Yeah, maybe. Or or they s escape deep ground during chapter 12. But that would be pretty short. Mm, and then okay. they probably wouldn't be part of um, the later chapters. And I kind of have a feeling that it runs parallel starting with chapter 8 and all through chapter 16, 17. Yeah, I do too. I, I, think, I think that when... Nomura said that Intergrade was meant to serve as a story bridge between the two parts. Mm -hmm. I think that means that either intermission will actually end a little later than the game, or it means that some plot point of intermission will help bridge the two parts together somehow. Hmm. Did, did, he, did he say that's, uh, that it's a it does bridge the story, or rather just the different uh, games and in terms of technology? Because I kind of remember someone mentioning that he explicitly says it has nothing to do with the story. It's just uh, the in between. He didn't. He didn't say that it has nothing to do with the story. He did. He did mention um, technology, though. Yeah. Um, but you definitely can't rule out the story as. Oh, part for of that. sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. And um, so yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to say um, what Numera means when he doesn't necessarily always know it either uh, when he yeah. says it. Um, but you know the and so the the last thing that I think is really exciting about uh, intermission is that the the way that it establishes Avalanche and Wu Tai's relationship means that we're probably not done with seeing it, and that Wu Tai is going to be a major segment in upcoming mm -hmm. games. Yes, and, for sure, um, and that 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 struggle will continue on. And I think that's how that's how that's ways that we can see you know some of the other characters that mysteriously survived exactly you know mm -hmm. Wedge and 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 Biggs especially and, Biggs um, yeah yeah and and see how they um, you know maybe they show up in Wu Tai and because mm -hmm. um, I would like to to see that struggle expanded because that struggle actually told a really interesting story mm -hmm. in Before Crisis that. Um, that it, I think is worth looking at further, even though I think we'll see a good chunk of that in Ever Crisis. Mm -hmm. um, but of all the titles that are least accessible, Before Crisis is the only one that mm -hmm. is yeah. virtually impossible to re-experience. You know, so I would love to see that struggle expanded more in future parts. And so that's really all I have to say on mm -hmm. on intermission. Yeah, I'm completely with you on on there, especially the the uh, kind of a, a war trial between Shinra, um, Avalanche, and Wu Tai. If you can even call it that, it's this will be heavily, heavily expanded upon. Yeah, especially in totally. conjunction with uh, um, Cosmo Canyon, like we we learn how it all started. That's where. There, there could be some more references to Before Crisis. I still kind of hope that uh, Veld or Verdo or however you want to call him, there are two different names for him, I guess, and Elfe, they're still alive. So maybe they make an appearance in some shape or form somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And yeah, this whole thing, 
especially Wu Tai. I think this this whole struggle, as you mentioned, will will drag through all to all the games until almost the end. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure. And during the last game, before we um, drop into Midgar, it will probably resolve in some way. Like until until then, we should have um, finished all the main arcs besides the the world-ending Genova Sephiroth arc. Yeah. yeah. And the the one little thing I want to add to what how Avalanche relates to all this is is one of the major um we'll call them uh we'll call it like a plot surprise in in Before <laughs> Crisis involved mm -hmm. Rufus yeah, right, being yeah. involved in Avalanche and I really want to see how that plays out. And I have I've I have so much to say on that that I can't actually say it here because there's uh, other projects that mm, are being see, worked yeah. on oh, that okay. involve that. But um, so to quote Viz, um, we'll address that in another video. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yuffie certainly will experience a lot of change and differences and expansions. A lot to the point where i i'm not sure if uh when she meets the whole the other party members cloud and the rest will it mm -hmm. be similar will will she uh stage a um, an ambush in the woods or will it be differently approached this time or maybe even reworked or combined with fort condor in a way or we meet her in Calm already, as um, the new threat mod mm. uh, did, that, that she steals the material from all, and then everyone uh, chases her down, and then really the whole party is in the fight, and fights her, and then uh, she gives back the stuff. Something like that, that she, since she has, she, she, she's seen the others before, especially Barrett, and then she might mm -hmm. see the others Again, outside of Midgar, and oh, those are the ones, those avalanche. Hmm, I'm sure they have materia. Or maybe there's a, there's even uh, uh, more nuanced and more mo motivations now because she's familiar with avalanche. Depending on what happens there, she is uh, friendly with them still, or not anymore, which would then pose a completely different um, situation or. Um, like a connection between her and Barrett. So yeah, this is this is really going to be very very interesting for sure because in the original she just was there, yeah, did the ambush, um, and if we did it right, then we could recruit her. Then there was just some random scenes in between if you wanted to until Wu Tai. This is practically her thing, the Wu Tai arc, the side quest, and the rest she's. Not really in there. Has a few cool scenes, but that's about it. So I'm pretty sure they heavily, heavily expand upon her. So to the point that the the way we uh, we recruit her in uh, in part two will be possibly mm -hmm. quite different. Also, these the circumstances and her uh, connections to all those different factions, and Barrett isn't really. Such a Wu Tai fan, I suppose, especially because they keep getting referred to Wu Taians or allies of Wu Tai. 
by President Jinra, mm-hmm. so he probably has uh, an inner resentment against those because uh, the existence of Wu Tai and Avalanche and stuff and their uh, struggles with uh, between them are like bad for Avalanche's uh, Barrett's Avalanche cell. So all those those little things and nuances, um, I'm really looking forward to how they're will be tackled and handled mm-hmm. in part two. Well, I guess it depends. Like I, I like what Baby Seal had said about how the compilation characters mm. there's it's already like there's so many characters that demand our attention you know and there's not necessarily enough time to kind of give to all of these characters so it's not necessarily that you know we're gonna get all of the compilation stories given all of this extra time in the in the subsequent parts but um, it could happen that the story that we get in intermission um, directly impacts these characters so that you know, Yuffie is different so that she does interact with the party differently mm. when they do find her. Do you know what I mean? So the interactions right. are different. They're not the same interactions that we would have, that we remember in the original. Unless this is a canon story that potentially happened in the OG mm. and we just didn't see it happen. And the character of Yuffie that we see in the OG is the same one that we're seeing in intermission and then it just happens the exact same but i just i don't know it's just up for debate and i guess we'll find out later once part two comes out but i i can see it go either way obviously um i would like to see maybe a different type of interaction between um her and the party and how they meet i'm open to having it changed you know what i mean um or more fleshed out or whatever so that it does fit in with the narrative of like what's happening in intermission and the future parts. So it's not just kind of there. Like we just kind of meet her like happenstance, you know what I mean? Like, which I don't think is going to happen. I think they're going to take these, the impacts, the things that happen in these stories, I think are going to impact the characters. And I think that they're going to, it's going to be different in my opinion anyway. And I mean, she's already getting such a different, like like whatever's gonna happen if she remembers what happens in intermission it's gonna be harsh like it doesn't mm-hmm. seem mm-hmm. like it's gonna be great like, i'm pretty sure she does she does remember that's my prediction i think mm-hmm. so too i think i think she i think the nine are all protected from that's my my own headcanon but mm-hmm. i think that she's gonna she's gonna be a more complex character out the gate mm-hmm. and For sure. she's still gonna be She's still going to be lovable and plucky and stuff like that, but underneath, mm-hmm. you know, like we're going to see that much more as armor. We're going to see her, mm-hmm. you know, exterior and her her pluckiness and her forgetfulness is something that she does as a, uh, you know, mask for the pain. Yeah, um, like a coping mechanism. Yeah. yeah, because she she does display some complexity when when you know when you go to Wu Tai, mm-hmm. and um and mm-hmm. she has that heart to heart with godo and mm-hmm. explains why um you know she's like like the weight of being the princess of this fallen kingdom you know and um you know that that was great development for her as a character in og and now we've got great voice acting behind her on both sides of the fence and mm-hmm. we've got this extra opportunity to um build her as a character so yeah i'm excited Definitely. I really hope if that's the case, if uh, all of her act is basically a mask, that we see mm-hmm. this mask slip in certain situations. 
It's especially in uh, yeah, it it depends where where Erith's uh, death uh, happens, but right. I hope I it's still the same. Bring that up. Yeah. yeah, because there, in, even in the original, she just starts sobbing and crying and running away. Mm-hmm. It really yeah, hits her, her heart. Her response to Aerith's death is is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well, Tifa's is good too. But, yeah, I was about to um, say it's uh, Tifa's close behind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, it's a it's a where part of that facade, you know, cannot survive. Like mm. um, the feelings are too strong. It it could so, even be that after this, uh, after Aerith's, Aerith's death, that uh, Yuffie changes. Yeah. Yeah, and we will really feel it. And and but then the her arc, or at least the first part of her arc in Wu Tai, needs to happen before, and another one which probably involves Avalanche and Chinra as well. Is then the second part, which wasn't in the original, then happens in the last uh, game with her in Wutai. Right. Which would then be pretty different because if if her mask really slips then and she changes after Aerith's death and maybe through the whole journey learns a lot more about Shinra and the world and the Avalanche and mm-hmm. everything else, that she's most likely even able to to help her homeland with the others yeah and and that's one of those things that's that's um you know expanded on in in on the way to a smile um and to to be able to like give better context to that i think is a real golden opportunity yes for her character development yeah definitely yeah but besides yuffie there's also something else i can see um being impacted on because of this dlc if it's actually the, the huge materia or some form of huge materia thereafter, because mm-hmm. the huge materia quest will eventually happen. And with uh, Scarlet's experiments with the, the um, or research and development, uh, what, what's her, her department called again? It's not research and development, it's Ho- Hojo's, I think. Weapons um, development? She's weapons weapons, development? So weapons she's development, weapon development, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Her department also uh, already plays around with uh, materia. Um, I think it's probably also part of um, of the materia fusion in Crisis Core, if I'm not mistaken. That her department is um, responsible for that. Would make would make sense. I'm not exactly. It would sure make exactly. sense. Yeah. yeah. It would make sense. Yeah. Not sure if it's canon, but it would make sense. And here it's probably just more experimentations and the precursor to the huge materia. Mm-hmm. Um, so this being set up here will most likely influence the huge material quest, and I hope it's being heavily expanded upon and more integrated into the whole story, and not just oh, Shinra bad, huge material bad. We need to get them. <laughs> oh, they want to use them for blowing up meteor. Doesn't we don't care? Shinra bad. We need to get them anyway. It won't it won't work anyway. Let's just save the material. It's a little bit too on the nose and too yeah. too flat and too. Or surface level this i think this this whole uh side side quest needs to have more depth mm-hmm. and more integration into everything and all the character motivations and avalanche wutai shinra stuff and uh cosmo canyon live stream planet materia memory just i think this this is this whole quest has so much potential to be something to be remembered and to bring all the concepts together that uh, Final Fantasy VII has to offer, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. 
Well, that concludes today's episode. I just want to take a second to say thank you so much, Baby Seal, for joining us today for this discussion about Final Fantasy VII Remake, Intergrade, and Intermission. It was so awesome to sit here with you and kind of pick your brains about, you know, potential theories and also what the character reveals mean for the story of Intermission and the subsequent parts of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So thank you so much. I know how busy you are, and I know, you know, you take so much time and effort to put into your own content. So just the fact that you took the time out to you spend you know with us here today i know viz and i we really do appreciate it so i just want to say thank you so much it was my pleasure you guys are i could i could do this for several more hours but <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true viz has got to go to bed <laughs> yeah soon soon it's it's only 10 o'clock so it's fine oh. well that's that's the great thing about technologies we can talk mm -hmm. all over the world so that's that is yeah. true that is true yeah, remake has given me a lot of international friends, and I'm, mm -hmm, same. I'm pretty grateful for that. Yeah, same, definitely. <laughs> so. It's yeah, it was it was good having you on. It's it's kind kind of a a a, a payback or so, of some sort. So you had me on, now we have <laughs> <Yeah>. you on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and I'm having you on again in a couple true. weeks. True, so. true. And you're always welcome on here. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and and likewise to both of you. So. Um, yeah, this is great. Yeah, we 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 both could make an appearance at some point, like the uh, the reunion uh, podcast joins Seal Team Seven at some point in the future. Why not? I would. Yeah, I'm. We'll we'll we will make that happen. We will get that on the books. Sure. Sounds nice. awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So I'll I'll get our people in touch with your people. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. I'll I'll go ahead and uh, I'll get my people on the phone so that they can come here and get on the phone with your people. And... Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you have any ideas for upcoming topics, you can write us at thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. That's thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. We do have a Discord server. The link of our Discord server is actually listed in the description of each episode. So all you need to do is click on that link and you will be asked to join our discord server and i highly recommend it and also we do have a twitter account it's at reunion underscore podcast and like i said we are doing a digital deluxe edition giveaway of final fantasy 7 remake integrate to one lucky listener so what you have to do is go to our twitter account follow us on twitter at reunion underscore podcast and then go ahead and quote tweet or retweet the original posting about the giveaway that is pinned to the top of our profile we do have a Facebook page. It's Reunion Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel as well. It's The Reunion Podcast, and we do post all of our episodes there on YouTube. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, write a review if you feel so inclined. Honestly, it is the best way to support us here on the podcast. Baby Seal, did you want to drop your socials for our listeners, just in case they want to check you out? Yes. Um, so if you go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com uh, slash... Schrodinger's Baby Seal. Um, you can follow me and hit the little bell uh, so mm -hmm. you can get uh, get the VODs of all of my Seal Team 7s. I do live stream them all on twitch.tv uh, slash Schrodinger's Baby Seal um, in, in general, and, and I get a lot of support there too. And that can be fun. It can be a way for you guys to interact with my mm -hmm. guests as well. So uh, feel free to follow me there also. That'd be incredible. Yep, absolutely. So make sure you go ahead, subscribe, like, and share 
everything that Schrodinger's Baby Seal is doing because it's absolutely incredible. And honestly, you just make the best content and I'm a huge fan. So likewise. <laughs> All right, Viz, did you want to go ahead and drop your socials for Cosmo Canon Observatory? Yes, for sure. YouTube is the, uh, the first resource, of course, with all the analysis videos and, and the good stuff. And polls of the live stream since a few weeks now as well. It's just Cosmo Canyon Observatory on YouTube. Then we also have a Twitter account, at CC underscore observatory, where we post stuff, retweet some stuff. But uh, the, the actual gem and additional content uh, are the CCO gems. It's an actual hashtag I use, CCO gems, uh, where I just reveal or share other findings, mini analyses, mm -hmm. just cool uh, visual findings or some, some other things I found, which are just too small for videos. I'm currently going through the game again. I'm in, in chapter 12 right now, posted yesterday um, uh, something small about... Reno hitting his head on the helicopter windshield wind and side when, when Root uh, steers away because he doesn't want to hit Tifa. Yeah. And more to come. I Lately, I don't have <laughs> too much time, uh, mm -hmm. spare time for those CCO gems because they also need uh, time as well. Like one or two hours to scroll through the footage and find something, make screenshots and stuff. What do you mean? You don't have time? No. Come on. <laughs> what else are you doing? No. <laughs> I'm just sitting around and talk talk to random people like now. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sleep. Who, know, who needs sleep? No, yeah. <laughs> just sleep. Be easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I really try to, to uh, get those uh, CCO gems going again because I, I really love posting those and some... Um, really gets the love back from people mm -hmm. who like the content retweet it's really a joy and last but not least we have a discord server the link can be found in our twitter bio but also on the youtube page uh, on, on the banner the links but also in all videos in the, in the description there's all the, all the social links mm -hmm. are there as well and and please join because our discord community is really lovely we have a, always a good mm -hmm. time there Deep discussions, detailed discussions, analysis, but also random stuff and memes and everyday life stuff. It's, it's really cool. It's community. awesome. And it you, is, yeah. And you both are there as well. So if you want to to talk mm -hmm. to to Schrodinger's baby seal, it's there as well. If you want mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And I, I won't be too spicy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. If you want to. Is there such thing though? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> like a sp a spiceless a spicyless Schrodinger. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it, it, but if if you are getting spicy, you need to change your nickname to Schrodinger Spicy Seal. Ooh, I will. I will. I like it's that. currently Schrodinger's <laughs> Billy Bob. So. Uh, All right. Ooh. Yeah, that's also yeah. spicy. That's since true. since that was a code name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm Spice Vasath, a Spicy Vasath here on. Uh, on the reunion podcast yeah. Discord, so <laughs> it's fine. I need to change mine too to something clever. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, sometimes spiciosis. Spiciosis. Yeah. yeah. Something like Let's that. Let's all get spicy. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. So I just wanted to say thank you so much again to you, Baby Seal, for joining us today in the podcast. It was so awesome having you here. Literally. It was. Anytime. Yeah, it was really <laughs> awesome. Good times. Good three hours. Yeah. Three hours. <laughs> Enjoyable. All right, guys. So until next time, this is Kai. I am signing off. All the best to you. Stay safe and take care.
Same. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.